oats and dozy doats and little antsy divey, a kiddly divey too, wouldn't you? Yes, mazzy doats and dozy doats and little antsy divey, a kiddly divey too, wouldn't you? Mazzy doats and dozy doats and little antsy divey, a kiddly divey too, wouldn't you? Yes, mazzy doats and dozy doats and little antsy divey, a kiddly divey too, wouldn't you? If the words sound queer and funny to your ear, a little bit jumbled and jivey, sing Mary um, she's dead. Wrapped in plastic. Uh, hello, and welcome to Three Fish and a Percolator, a Twin Peaks podcast. I am Harrison Coford. I'm joined by Bradford Taylor. Yo! And McKenna Guttery. Hello. Um, Brad and I have both seen Twin Peaks before, but McKenna has never seen it before. So she is coming Facts. in with True. fresh ears. Uh, Brad and I are giant fans of the show, and so we wanted to do a podcast about it because we had a lot of thoughts about it. And we also we wanted an excuse to be able to rewatch it with like in, with purpose, a, not just like watching for fun. A and baptism by fire for our friend, if you will. A baptism by fire, fire walk, walk with, with me. me. Yes. Oh. oh. I, you just you threw up. Oh, yeah, that was a layup. Yeah. That was that was the court was, was open, layup, and no one even chased me down. But, um. Yeah, we're huge fans. We wanted to do a podcast so we could have an excuse to talk about Twin Peaks, and then we thought that we kind of would like it a lot. As and a yeah, you've, you, TPV you, you liked a lot Twin um, Peaks, Twin Peaks version. version. Yes, Thank that you. is. So um, <laughs> we're going to be doing every episode and movie and then subsequent um, Showtime episodes for individual episodes of our show. But we'll also have other sh- episodes where we talk about other stuff about Twin Peaks, but it won't be like focused on one episode or one movie or something like that. It'll be fun. We're kind of figuring out as we go. Um, just as a word to the listener, we were still like, we, we didn't hit our stride on this recording until like, like a quarter of the way through until like when Sarah Palmer starts freaking out, that's about when we, we were, we were going well. I was like really nervous at the beginning and I stumbled around a lot with the opening scene. So just, if you want to fast forward also everyone, if you've never seen Twin Peaks before, watch the episode before you listen to this. But if you've seen it before, you know what's going on. So Actually, it'd be fun if a lot of people watched this with us, either first time or again, and then we had like a little little party every week of people for, talking with us about it. For me and you, this is a way of piecing together things that we still don't understand. Yeah, having watched the and whole we're trying show. to understand. Yeah. Um, I would like a donut spread at that party. Uh, yeah, I there think we should. I think every time we finish a season, we'll do a season recap episode where we talk about the whole season, and we'll do like donut and coffee, like hot everything. Mm. Um, and maybe some cherry pie. Yes. So, I actually really like cherry pie. That kept on just making my mouth water every time he talked about oh it. Oh my gosh, there's so much food in this show that just makes me like... Every time he talked, it kept yeah. making my mouth water. You don't want to watch Twin Peaks on an empty <laughs> stomach. You don't want to watch it on a full stomach either. because You might throw stuff. it up. Yeah. Um, so, we're going uh, we're gonna to transition to that in a second. Um, but just a little bit of context... Twin Peaks is a, is a TV show created by Mark Frost and David Lynch. David Lynch directs a bunch of the episodes, not all of them, um, not even like close to half, but he directed the the uh, pilot here. And it was originally titled Northwest Passage because yeah. actually it was originally titled North Dakota. They wanted to take place in North Dakota. Then they're disappointed with how many trees there are there, which is another thing that trees are very important with Twin Peaks. Too many trees or not enough trees? Not enough not trees. Enough trees. Oh. Yeah. Not enough trees. Yeah. And so then they were like, okay, we'll put in Washington. It was called Northwest Passage. The hmm. pilot was called that. And then they got there and like, okay, well, 
we can just call it Twin Peaks, I guess, because there's these two mountains on either side of where the town is. That's mm-hmm. so funny. And then, actually, it's interesting because the show has a lot of doubles in it, like a lot of doubles. And I just got a text. And that'll happen two more times. So that, that it's not worth it. That's not a double anymore. But um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of doubles in the show that we'll point out. None in the pilot yet, but we'll, as we go along, we'll point them out. But yeah, so um, it aired on ABC on April 8th, 1990. It was originally formatted to be like a TV movie. That's how they ABC sold it to the audience. It had record numbers of people who watched yeah. it. Really great ratings. So they ordered it as a series. And I think the ABC people liked it too at first. They're like, this is this can be good. Mm. Um, and then the season, they had eight more episodes in the first season. And then, um, yeah, we'll get to everything after that when we get to there. But I am just so excited to so have something like this weekly woo! that we can just get into together. So, yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll get into the pilot as it is. Um, thanks for joining us. Welcome to Twin Peaks. My name is Margaret Lanterman. I live in Twin Peaks. I am known as the Log Lady. There is a story behind that. There are many stories in Twin Peaks. Some of them are sad, some funny. Some are stories of madness, of violence. Some are ordinary, yet they all have about them a sense of mystery, the mystery of life, sometimes the mystery of death, the mystery of the woods, the woods surrounding Twin Peaks. To introduce this story, let me just say it encompasses the all. It is beyond the fire, though few would know that meaning. It is a story of many, but it begins with one. And I knew her. The one leading to the many is Laura Palmer. Laura is the one. <laughs> First of all, um, the log lady, lady spilled some water. <laughs> no, the log lady's kind of a gatekeeper. She says at one point, but not a lot of people would get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, she's, the, yeah, the classic. Uh, I don't know if you would I don't know. I don't, I don't I, think you get it. Yeah, sorry. It's like you had to be at Twin Peaks when yeah. this happened. Um, she's a douche. She's well, like guys, uh, let's get these cheese eaters where they live. <laughs> so it's my favorite log lady says laura's the one. Oh, actually she says she says something interesting in the intro where she's like twin peaks is about the woods so david lynch's father was a scientist who worked with trees and they lived in boise idaho and different parts of washington and he studied trees hmm. that he's and he always worked in he i can't remember where it was in idaho but it was like this it's like this national forest he grew up in boise yeah, part of his childhood was in Boise, so part strange. of it was in Washington, and then the last last part of it was in Virginia. He hated living in Virginia. Really? When yeah. did he go to uh I'm trying to remember the t- like Philadelphia. The Philadelphia, yeah. Was that must have been He went later. when he was in college. Gotcha. Or like yeah, he went to college in a couple different places and then he was in Europe with Jack Fisk for a while and then he ended up in Philadelphia. Um anyway. Uh, cuz Philadelphia was right big for Eraserhead. But gotcha. uh 
he his dad worked with trees and he would go in and visit his dad in like these giant forests and talk about trees all the time his dad would talk about like how the trees are like really important to the world i think it's really interesting that it's like log is like it's about the trees of twin peaks and it is there's so many shots that's of trees really cool. yeah. it's She's really holding awesome. a log that's true okay yeah that's something i didn't even it's think about her, yeah. uh tying together so all right um one of my first notes here is this was shot in such a way that it encompasses a feeling that seems timeless and organic. It's incredible. And it's, that's something that we kind of brought up. That's that, pretty yeah. awesome. All right. So nice. Um, at the beginning, we've, the first thing we see, like actually plot wise, is Josie putting on makeup. And I will probably never understand why that's the first thing we see. She really doesn't do anything till the well, she shuts down the, the plant, but she doesn't do anything till the end of the oh, episode. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, what's up Truman? And then they Mac for a little bit. And then she says she's scared, but it's interesting that she, it's like that dolly behind her as she's putting makeup on. I've never really like, I don't know. Can you, can uh, yeah. Anyway, that's just, it's just super weird for me. And then we meet Pete Martell top five favorite characters in Twin Peaks. And you'll see why Kenna, but that was the old man that was like gone for the lonesome foghorn blows. (laughs) Yeah. And, He's like, she's dead. Wrapped, wrapped in, in plastic. plastic. Yeah, that's, that's him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty incredible. Let's get that rolling. She's dead. <laughs> wrapped in plastic. So he goes he out there. Job. Well, first of all, he's, he talks to his sister, his wife. His wife, his Catherine wife. Martell, <laughs> uh, which is spelled with a K. Friend found that out today. Hmm. So he talks to Catherine Martell. Uh, she blows him off. He goes outside. He finds Laura Palmer. And so... The game is afoot. Um, he calls Lucy, who... It's interesting that we immediately, like, something dramatic happens, and then we're met with Lucy, who's, like, struggling to do the transfer call to Truman. It's funny. It sets the tone immediately for what this town is like. Yeah. Lucy um, transfers to Truman, and then he says she's dead, wrapped in plastic, and uh, then we meet um, Andy. And Doctor Hayward, the dude who was crying, the guy who was crying. Oh, what? Yes. So I have, I, I am curious too. I don't, unless we want to keep. No, I'm, please. No, no, no. no. I'm no, curious. no. I'm, I'm like bulldozing through this. No, Anything you guys want to say? I am curious as to like what you expected the show to be and like what you were surprised about. Yeah. And like particularly the humor, I think, is something that surprises people. And every time I go back to it, I'm surprised by how funny it is. Yeah. I had no expectations whatsoever gotcha. because you guys asked me not to That's and good. asked me oh, not true. to look it up. So I am glad that I didn't have any expectations because it's better that it's way. Cold. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's that's a I I had I knew the pop culture like like references. Mm-hmm. I knew about the log lady and I knew about like the like the weird tone of the show. Yeah, but that's actually mostly just because of Psych. And I, yeah, I knew Twin very Peaks little. episode. Well, because I know that you said while we were watching it, you said there's like, are, you said already this town seems like so off or something. Like yeah, that. immediately, immediately, like Harrison was saying, the vibe is so off with yeah. this town, and it's not necessarily because like there's, uh, I was trying to understand it in a way like I am not from a small town, and so maybe that's why this town is so freaking weird. Yeah, is because mm-hmm. there's not that many people, so obviously they're all gonna freak out if someone dies yeah whereas like, it's big where news. i'm from it's not big news it's weird because the original population that they wanted for the show is five thousand one hundred twenty 
And then ABC was like, it's no like, one can relate to that. Make it 51,000, which is like, like compared to how they um, like represent Twin Peaks is a lot bigger than what we see. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they needed to do that. But um, anyway, <laughs> uh, they should have asked me. Um, so we meet Dr. Hayward and Andy and they find out it's Laura Palmer. Um, I just think Sheriff Truman's reaction to that, Laura Palmer, is so interesting. It's like, it's, she's like a symbol for the town. Yeah. And finding out that she's the homecoming queen definitely holds that. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know if it's, if the, their thought is like, she's the best of us because we like, we like, I don't know. There, there's like cocaine in that bag. Like, oh, yeah. It's like, I, I, is she? There's. Uh, like, I mean, she took something. care of Johnny Horn, but I, <laughs> I had noticed in the past that, like, the principal's reaction seems strange. Right? Yeah. Just, like breaking yeah. into tears and stuff. But it goes with everybody knows her, and like the older men, like the married men in yeah. the show, like yeah. for some reason have this like great admiration and love for her, which. You know, it's just that's it. That's what feels off. All these old men that are super concerned with the death of this young teenager. This child. Interesting. Yeah, that is. um, I wonder if they should be relieved. If Laura Palmer had lived, (laughs) do you think she would have like gone off to college and never went back? I don't know. Okay. Well, I guess that's a conversation that's too for another time. We should do. We should do a whole episode. (laughs) I don't know. What would Laura Palmer's life have been like if she hadn't died? Anyway. So, then it's basically everything gets going from there. Um, Andy starts crying pretty much immediately, mm-hmm. um, which <laughs> is just interesting for his character. Um, yeah, it's funny that I, I feel like people's team, like, they've, like, spoofed that about yeah. how, like, everyone, like, kind of cries about Laura Palmer in the beginning. But Andy is the first one to do it, and yeah. it is a gag. Like the totally. sheriff is like, "You do this every every time, time. you know." He like makes well, then, a joke and, and about then, it. And that almost makes you think like, "Oh, is she not that special?" But then, yeah. But then, hit, well, I hit, think at that point, I don't think Sheriff Truman knew he knew who it he was. didn't know who yeah. it was because it's when they pulled over. It's him and Doc Hayward. Which makes it even like, Oh my god! Like they were like, "Oh, it's a dead person. No big deal." Andy, stop crying. But yeah. they see that it's Laura, and they start crying. Yeah. They start getting like emotional or whatever. It's up until you find the cocaine in that bag with that key. I'm thinking like this chick was like. Just a normal like, run of the mill, like per- like like the girl next door, like the oh, perfect yeah. girl, and then you find out about like that stuff, and like oh well, I mean I guess Something's like yeah, and, you know. and Truman says like there's no way like you're yeah you're wrong, yeah. Cool. So um then we get the horrifying sequence of Sarah Palmer looking for Laura at home, which yeah. is um, I loved that carried by Grace Zabriskie, who I love in this part. She's fantastic, but we have her call. Does she call the Briggs first? She do, she, yeah. calls, she calls she calls Bobby's Laura parents because oh yeah well she, she's not there and we get the one one of my favorite shots of the show where it's the bomb the staircase and it's just the fan yeah mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, I got like forty five minutes on the fan so yeah. we're gonna return to the fan <laughs> in a bit but um then she calls the Briggs and we meet that was another time when you had a comment because yeah there's just like that stark red yes like, cabinets that, like and just everything. that hue also, also no one mentioned that. <laughs> What's going on in the Briggs household in the morning is that Major Garland Briggs is sitting in a chair in the middle of the kitchen getting a shoulder massage from his wife for bre- and like making breakfast at the same yeah. time. But then she goes up and gets a pair of scissors, so I don't know what she was <laughs> doing. She starts I thought she was gonna like cut her own phone or something. Um 
that's that's the kind of that's the kind of marriage that I want. That's but, our first um, establishment of a connection with Laura too, though, because it's she's Bobby. Like, she calls Bobby, and so it's yeah. like, oh, she's dating Bobby. She's dating Bobby, and then so Sarah calls the Briggs, and what's Mama Briggs's name? No idea. Um. Well, anyway, Garland's wife, um, Bobby's mom. I'm trying to figure out a way. Sarah Palmer's friend. There we go. So it's mm-hmm. not like completely sexist of me, but. She says that Bobby wakes up at 5 a.m. to go running and then go to football practice. I played football in high school. Taking a run before football practice and then school is, like, a bad idea. Anything, doing Getting up for school is a bad idea. Yeah. So doing any of those things waking is, like, up. an extra bad idea. Waking up <laughs> ever. A terrible is, idea. Just, yeah. Yeah, so Bobby, from this standpoint at this point in the episode, is a perfect student. Or not a perfect student, but like a stand-up individual for doing that, getting up, going on a run, and then going mm-hmm. to football practice. I th- and then I think it jumps to the diner from there. No, it, it's, it, go? it goes to Sarah you talking the to notes. the football coach. <laughs> and the football coach is, first of all, I feel like I've seen that guy in nine million other things. I just don't know what. And um, he's basically like, yeah, Bobby has, has been late to practice every day this in week. In fact. Also, <laughs> Mike is like two feet away, like clearly listening to the conversation. Um, who also, he gets called Snake this whole episode. Anyway. Oh, does he not continue to be called Snake? He's not I don't, really does in he? the show very much. How, from this forward. point on. Yeah. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but yeah. like Mike is a big part of the pilot and he's not a big part for like a while after this episode. Yeah. Um, I didn't like him very much anyway. So uh, actually I do like him a lot. I love the yelling from Donna. <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, wait, be quiet and do that again. Donna. Um, <laughs> Okay, so then Sarah's like, Laura probably went out with Leland, which makes no sense to me why she would go to the great... How would she get to school? Anyway, catch her with Audrey, but okay. So, also, what's the accent that the football coach has? Is that like some new... Yeah, Yeah. what was that? He's also only in this episode, I'm pretty sure. He's like, like, Bobby didn't show up on time for practice today. In fact, (laughs) he's been late every day this week. Let me tell you about this kid. And then she just hangs up the phone. She doesn't <laughs> she say does. bye or anything. No, she does. <laughs> hangs up. That guy. He, probably be late she's like, future. oh, you're a useless ass and hangs up the phone. <laughs> he got he got hired and then he was, he read the script. He's like, I got one scene this and I'm going to shot. I'm going to hit the ball out of By the, the park. By the time I'm done with this role, this will be a sports show yeah. based on I, my maybe, performance. Right maybe here. the actor who's playing Mike wasn't even that interested in what you're saying. He's just like, well, this guy is <laughs> this really guy going is for it. Throwing it. Okay. So then we cut to the Great Northern. I forgot that we get introduced to Audrey by just her walking to a car. Also, yeah. I completely forgot that she changes her shoes at school. At school, yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't Is know what that means. She has to I sexy it up. I guess she. I don't think her parents pay any attention to her. Why no, couldn't she yeah. just wear the red shoes out? I, I, anyway. Just to be extra. Audrey does a lot of things just to be extra. Just yeah, and we love her does. for it. Yes, we do. Um, okay, so inside the Great Northern, Ben Horn and Leland Palmer are discussing the meeting that they're about to have, and Ben Horn has my probably like my two favorite lines in this episode which is well i already said at the beginning let's show these cheese let's get these cheese eaters where they live mm-hmm. which is incredible also he hawks a loogie mid conversation into, into the fire and the fire like <laughs> pops because of it but then later when they're having the meeting he he's, he says my air sacs have never felt so great i yeah. love that that was amazing <laughs> i'm gonna start calling my lungs only as air, air sacs, sacs. Okay. Air sex. Also, it's important to note <laughs> that he's talking about a development in the what's the exact area? It's in it's where it's where the mill is. 
Yeah. Is where they're talking about with the Icelandic people, with the, actually, the Norwegian? The Norwegians. Yes, are, Norwegians. Norwegians. The Norwegians are going. Yeah. So it's the, Norwe- the Norwegians. The Norwegians are going. Um, it's actually kind of, it makes me anxious that he would give a business meeting about selling land that they don't have yet, mm-hmm. which he talks about with Leland. Leland's like, we don't even have this land yet. Like, it still belongs to the mill. Um, And that's the first we hear of the Ghostwood Estates. Which is interesting because he's talking about these will do Ghostwood um, land and estates. Yeah. So um, that's which he's becomes, already trying to peddle that. That yeah. becomes a huge plot point later. Um, Leland gets a call from his wife, and when he stands up, Ben says, "Make it snappy," which is yeah. just like, okay, mm-hmm. all right, good family values. Yeah. Um, and then we have one of my favorite shots in the in the show or in this episode where Leland's on the phone with Sarah. And they're talking about where Laura could be, and in the background, the yeah, stru- the uh, the sheriff. It's it's a little perfect because it's just like I don't know what could have happened. <laughs> like right like, then, it's like, like right behind. I, I'm him. sure it's nothing wrong, and yeah. a police car pulls up right behind him. But it is great. Also, if you're on the phone with your wife, you're talking about where your missing daughter is. I don't think the best idea is when you see the sheriff to say into the, into the receiver. Sheriff Truman. Sheriff Truman. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Slowly pulling phone away from yeah. face. And then as soon as he starts pulling the phone away, he's just screaming. Ah! Yeah. It's, I, so I was watching that with my mom, and I kind of remember the first time I saw that just being, like, not, like, laughing, but thinking it was kind of, like, funny because I don't yeah. know who Sarah Palmer well, I did, is. I, yeah. We don't even know who Laura Palmer is, and her reaction is really, like, it's, inc- it's, it's incredibly crazy. It's wild. It's strong for these being people that you just met, seeing these yeah. kinds of emotions. It's kind of, like, off-putting it's kind of funny yeah and i was watching this with my mom and she had never seen it or whatever she's like that's not like inaccurate at all you would be no yeah, yeah. horrified you'd be losing your freaking mind that's yeah. exactly what i was thinking it reminds me of like it. hereditary when yeah. uh tony collette's losing it oh my gosh although it's a lot easier to stomach this reaction than that one yeah. um so leland drops the phone and we get that inc- like leland first of all sheriff truman doesn't say anything in that interaction like at yeah. all Leland so Ben Horn comes out and he's like hey what's the deal <laughs> and Leland's like my daughter's dead and then uh rooms are like yeah let's get you out of here and we have that awesome shot of just like going down the phone line mm-hmm. to the receiver yeah oh, and then so she's ripping her hair out of her oh head. my there's gosh little... that shot on her freaking out is like it's it, so it's hard one to of the just first watch things that I remember when I first watched I watched the first episode I'm trying to remember of like things that I remember from when I watched the first episode that made me want to watch the second episode. And her reaction was just like, unlike anything I'd ever seen in television. I didn't see like something that just like lingered on her yeah. and just like getting her freaking out. There was that. And, but that's like one of the big things that I think, I don't know if it's the same for a lot of people. This is like one of the first things that like really caught me. I was like, Oof. Like, do you think that's part of why kind of you said that this felt like it was made like, today? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like that stuff like that. Cause it Those does seem like, like that. Yeah. He, Lynch treats these subjects in such interesting ways where he's just like, no, we're going to like just hold on this for a while. Yeah, And you said stuff about the music too, which I think is a big part. Yeah. yeah. I love the music. We're going to get to the music actually in like two, in two seconds. So, um, so then we go to a commercial break, kind of obvious fade to black after with Sarah screaming. And then I thought you were talking about, we are going to go to a commercial we're gonna break go to commercial. right I'm now. like no. sick. Go get some. Uh, we're gonna have Monchies. a commercial. This Monchies. We're not gonna Monchies. Monchies. We're not gonna have a commercial break on this episode. But we come back to a very important character named Heidi showing up to work late at the Double R Diner, who is Brad. You're looking very puzzled. She's oh, the, I remember. She's yeah, the, I don't she's know. The giggly lady. Where is she from? 
Germany. Yeah. Does, because Bobby says, I thought all you Germans were always on time. Yeah, and she isn't. Yeah. Okay, so I have I have four questions about <laughs> Heidi. First of all, she comes in and Shelly says something like, "You're something about her being late. And then Heidi's like, oh, I had trouble starting the car. And then Shelly says, did you have trouble jump-starting the old man? I just want to know, do mm. either of you know what that means? I think we can all assume. Okay, Heidi was saying that. If I'm on the right (laughs) track. Who said that? Shelly said to Heidi, having trouble starting the uh, drum starting the old man, and Heidi's... (laughs) 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 Which is like a disturbing thing to make me picture right after Sarah is screaming in agony. (laughs) Um, That's funny. So think about that for a couple minutes, Brad. Okay. All right, there you go. I got it. Um. And then we get a very interesting interaction with Bobby because Bobby is sitting there, not a football practice, not even eating. He's just chilling. And then he has like a flirty interaction with Norma and yeah. then Shelly. Yeah. It kind of implies because he just, he just he says in passing like, hey, like uh, Shelly, I can take you back to your place because yeah. I'm heading that way. It implies that Norma doesn't know what's Norma going on. Norma doesn't know what's going on. And so, but does Norma yeah. want Bobby? That's what I'm asking. But it seems like the three of them know each other really well. Yeah, for sure. Too. So it's. I didn't even get that vibe when I first. Oh, I totally did. I Which did one? With Norma, like. Well, Norma's like. I guess Bobby, I wasn't I the only thing attention. you cared about with that time was making time, oh, and then he's I... like. He says something I didn't about her put dreams. It together. I can't remember. He's like, and I'll see oh, you yeah, later in my, dreams. in my dreams. Don't do he's anything. Like, not I if I, and then do. she's like, not if I don't see you first. Yeah. Okay. Also, it's important to note that right before he takes Shelly out. That um, takes that uh, <laughs> before he deleted scene. Yeah, uh, before they leave the restaurant, that he turns a song on on the jukebox, which is the long loudest song. <laughs> yeah, in, in any because they're out by the America. car and you can hear it. Yeah, through the when walls they're in the car, yeah. you can hear it like blasting like a concert. They're like all the way to Leo's house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. I, and Norma's just like looking out the window, like I'm fine. Like I can't hear any yeah. of my patrons. This is one of the early things that I think like made it hard to watch this show by myself or hard to watch this show like because i started watching it with my sister and it was hard even just the two of us to kind of keep up with what's going on because you start meeting you're like this is the bobby who had the parents that got called by the other parents that is the boyfriend of the lady who's dead and now he's with this girl kissing her names yeah because you're like it's so easy to be to forget that bobby was dating laura until he gets to school i think that we're used to there's not a show like Twin Peaks, but we're no. used to crime shows having there's this duo that's really mostly in charge of everything. There's yep. like one person that's like the main character. Yeah. There's like a trio of characters that they kind of go through things. And then there's like of the trio, there's like another two. There's like five people that you really need to know. Yeah. And then every story is told through new people and new problems, new buildings, new places, new sets. And this show gives you like all these characters and they will mostly be the people that are interacting the whole time. Yeah. And the new stories are going to be happening between these people. So you have to know all of the players. It's a lot more than there usually are. It's, it's, uh, yeah. And it's, it would, it's hard to follow. It would be a nightmare to try to do that. To also, keep up it's with a it. nightmare to try to explain it in a podcast. Yes. And, and not lose my mind right now. Cause it's like, I'm thinking about, we haven't even gotten to Nadine. Yeah. We haven't gotten to, we haven't gotten to Cooper at or Ed or, yeah. or Ed. Um, Although I think he's coming James. up in a second. Yeah, most importantly, James. <laughs> That's pretty cool that they did it like that, though. It's, yeah, I mean, no, it's awesome. Being like a first timer, 
I noticed that like the plot, the plot's really cool, obviously already, but yeah. the characters are already something that's like more captivating than that. Even. Yeah. And when Cooper gets introduced, I think the show, it's the so like everything up until Cooper gets introduced is like that's this is a cool soap opera, but then once Cooper's introduced, he's such a great like tour guide. He's such a he's great, great like our way into the show. It's interesting that well, we every- see everything before he shows up. Yeah, it, well, it's like half the episode is before yeah. he gets there, and he is. It's interesting because like I think that he's the right set of eyes to give us to watch because he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know the relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep. He doesn't know. He Even when he's in the corner, he's like, what's her name again? And yeah. he's like, Laura Palmer. I and noticed like, that too. It it's so interesting. He, like, he, he's just as confused as we are, which is cool. It's uh, By the time that he gets in the show or in the episode, it feels like it's a new episode. Yeah. Like entirely. No, it it's like the, It's like almost the 45-minute mark. That's yeah. true. Okay. So – Bobby and Shelly are driving and Shelly. So a police car passes by with the sirens going and they, they don't care. That's cool. That's fine. Shelly's reaction to that is she pulls out a flask and starts, and starts just drinking. drinking. By the way, I, I have a quick question. What's what's Shelly's shift? As she gets off at 7 a.m. Yeah, and goes to high school. She didn't she drop out of high school? I think she dropped out of high Did school. Did she? Oh, I think really? she dropped oh, out of that, high school. It's crazy. Because she's married to I Leo. Never, that never clicked for me at I all. I didn't realize she's age. not really a part of that group. No, she's not. That's she's the same so age odd. as I think Bobby, but she dropped out of high school and married Leo. Which we can talk about the that just is so strange to me that that's a character that I feel like I love and know so I know that never occurred to me. Well, there's a lot of stuff like that. I feel like especially with me writing down my notes for this episode, I had to write a lot of things. I like I just assume and I never like materialize like yeah that because it's kind of insignificant, but that's just that's cool. Yeah. So, um, Shelly is trying to get Bobby to have some um, alcohol, which is. <clears throat> Not advisable when he's driving, but she says something that I think is very compelling that we should um, highlight. She says, it's happy hour in France, which I don't think that's verifiable <laughs> by anyone in that car. Fact checked. Reg- regardless, Bobby, does he take, I think they, he takes a swig and he's like, oh no, he's like, is your old man home? Second yeah. time someone's lover has been called an he old said man. He's in Butte. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's in Butte. And then they pull up and his car, his truck's up front and Bobby very, um, wisely says butte and then um they drive away the first time i saw that also i thought that this was like her dad uh, yeah he was taking well, her back to her house like, that's your dad. another well, thing that's when what people I call them like the, your old man mm-hmm. it's like that's what i think of too yeah and but no heidi's jump starting her old man let's this I actually I, I i didn't want to tell you guys this but this podcast was almost called heidi jump starting her old man <laughs> <laughs> so Disgusting. Why not? Then we go to the hospital, um, specifically the morgue, and Leland is showing up um, to verify that the body is Laura. Yeah. And he goes in, he does. He only takes a quick kind of glance at her, and then Sheriff Truman ushers him out I of there. I think I was getting pizza at that point. Yeah, I think you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember looking at the lighting in that scene and being like, that's a very interesting lighting choice, because he's pretty much in darkness the whole time. Missed it. Um, then we cut to an awesome shot of trees that is on the front cover of the Mondo release of the Twin Peaks vinyl that I have. Anyway, Ooh. I put that together today. Oh, I was like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. And then we see Donna Hayward walking down 
the hallway to her locker. Yes. Um, this is the first time we see Donna. She pops open her locker, and then we see Audrey slipping off her white bucks and Shoes putting on shoe. red high-heeled shoes. She's smoking. I feel like if they tied Audrey, she's smoking a cigarette, and and what else? Was I, that supposed to be a double entendre? It oh. wasn't, but then I thought it might have been. Okay. But then I said, that's awful. Okay. So Brad, so just so everyone remembers, Brad said that she was smoking. Smoking. Then he took back with half of it. Hard with, G. With a hard G as in she's smoking an actual cigarette. Yes. And Donna gives her a look like. So oh. She goes, ha ha. She like, yeah. She, like, really like, yeah. Also, there, <laughs> that's not a good way to react. There, if someone's like smoking, it seemed like she was like, oh, you really shouldn't be doing that. It's bad for your health. But like, didn't know what to say. She's so like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Their interaction was like, like they're friends. It was weird. Yeah. And then when she walks by her, she like, she like, touches like her yeah, she like, yeah, she like, she like caresses her. And then she like is accidentally still doing it. And James walks by I know, she's and like, she's eh. like, oh, like, she like, <laughs> like and then so we, and then, okay, so uh, Donna's in her locker. James walks up and he's like hunched over and he's like, have you seen Laura? She's like, no. And then the next thing he says, like a giddy schoolboy is. Nice day for a picnic. <laughs> and then Donna is like, I guess so. Like, she is, like, I think that was improvised. And she's like, yeah, I don't know how to respond to something that like this. That didn't make sense to me either until you just said it. Because yeah. I'm remembering that he's, okay. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a. That's cool. I didn't realize that either. He yeah. seems like it's, that's the first time he's ever hung out with girls. And he's like, I'm going to remind them, like, we did that. Remember we hung out? Like, <laughs> Remember when we hung out that one like, time and now I'm bothering you now? Yeah. I was waiting until you came to your locker because I knew you'd be there, so I could. I thought of that line. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then we we get the shot that you. I don't know if you were there for it, and um, I had to rewind so that McKenna could see the guy closing his locker, doing a <laughs> twirl, and then like a wave move <laughs> down the I hallway. Think I remember that. Um. We since we watched it twice, I also noticed that Hawk is walking down the hallway in the background as well, mm-hmm. which kind of establishes that the police is at the high school. That's so cool. That, it that is really shot's cool. really really cool. That shot is really cool because we have Homeboy doing his stuff. His jig. Yeah, that kid's just feeling himself. Okay, <laughs> that's the guy that no one bullies in school because everyone's kind of like, like this. We need you. this. Yes. Especially with Laura do- Laura dying, they really need that. Okay. Um. Then we get Bobby walking into school, and he walks in, and a girl who we never see again says, hey, Bobby, the police are looking for you, and he just starts acting like Godzilla, and then, like, walks away, and then he calls Mike Snake, which I just need someone to connect those dots for me on why they call Mike Snake. There's nothing... There's no reason. Well, there's nothing about him that is remotely... Snake like like a snake. Well, snake like maybe, (laughs) but earning of a nickname at all. He just seems like the most. That's a cool nickname. I know, and he's really not cool. (laughs) Not cool enough to be called Snake. Um, and so then he does his little over overstepping walk to the like administration (laughs) office. I don't know what he's doing. Although honestly, he's for like douchey guys in high school who like overact for like attention. Hits the nail on the head. That's oh, actually yeah. true. Totally. He gets the, he. Okay, actually, I'm, I'm gonna say this now. I'll probably say it through the entire life of this podcast. I think Dana. Um, I want Ashbrook. 
is like an incredible actor. The guy like, that plays Bobby. Yeah, I think yeah. he's really good. He I think he's really good in the, in these this stuff, and he's really good in later stuff. Well, too. I, and I know we're gonna talk about this later, but we have like kind of decide who we think won the episode. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. was thinking like some of Bobby's best stuff is in that first episode. Yeah, he really brings it, and like he is the only quote unquote like antagonist of like this particular episode totally because he's kind of working yeah, in adverse as an adversary to like the investigation and he seems to be someone that just has like a bad well attitude actually about it you know it's interesting that you bring that up because someone else that could be brought in as like an antagonist that you could like make the argument for would be leo yeah and mm. they're both like shelly's boys yeah, I wonder what that means. Yeah, and okay. Leo, you only like really see that one. Yeah, that one time. And his picture in Flush World. Yeah, which I got like fifty minutes on Flush World, so let's get to that in a second. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so then we cut to the class. They're counting attendance. Um, I love how Audrey does like the quotes around here. I know. Here, I was like, that's so sick. That's so dope. That's so John Hughes. (laughs) Well, it's so her character. It's so her character. It's just so obnoxious. It's like you're just trying to get attention, but being cool enough to think of just like doing that like yeah. they're quoting here is like not really though like, like, <laughs> <laughs> you get it you got it um, she's she pops <laughs> bubblegum she's like the only one who like that was bubblegum who I hope uh, like got her character immediately do you know what I mean huh? like she's the only one that like in this episode is like congruent with everything else yeah she got who Audrey was like perfect yeah and she killed it okay so then we also get James when they ask for his attendance. He says, yo, yo. which I am not okay with at all. <laughs> he imbued a, a sense of confidence in that answer that never shows that up never again. never shows up for the rest of the show. Um, okay. So the police officer comes and interrupts class. Kenna, when we were watching this, said that would never happen. So that's important to remember. Um, the hmm. Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department probably that doesn't have That lady running away screaming, etiquette. too. Oh, my gosh. That, okay, so let's get to that. Okay, so. You remember that? They come in. The kid that's yes. the police officer outside, outside the window, yeah. Is yeah. talking to the teacher, and then we just immediately cut to this girl screaming as she runs to the courtyard. That is like that's such a perfect detail of tone and yeah. like vibe for the whole episode. It's horribly like, unsettling. Yeah. It's so unsettling. Yeah. Really chaotic. It's great. In a way. Yeah. And I love that even the the picnic line, even though it's like cheesy. Donna and nice um, James react. Picnic. Yes. <laughs> Donna. Picnic. And James' reaction. They look at each other a lot faster yeah, than, than anybody else. else. And it's like they knew that something was yeah. wrong. Yep. And then Donna immediately starts crying, and James yeah. does the most he can, which is break his pencil, which is crap his pants. <laughs> <laughs> And, and look, burrow his chin into his ch- into chest and pencil never return. It's kind of great. Too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really funny. It's really funny. It's good. It's uh, although I mean I'm not gonna say that. Anyway, I was like I'm not gonna give James any credit in that at all. I but love him. You gotta love him. Um, the music builds up also, mm-hmm. like, just like a little bit of ambient noise, and then it cuts when they get to Bobby. But then, the police are talking to Bobby, and Bobby says like. I can't remember what he's talking about. You think but I killed her? But it's before that. I loved her. It was before that, though, because he says something like, "I, uh, of course they, uh, or like, of course does that practice. And then he snaps. Yeah. And the music starts. It's great. That's so great. Um, He does the constant zipping. I don't know if that stays I, I like, I like that character. Yeah. Just he does it when he gets to the roadhouse, too. It's funny because it's like, 
Yeah, just it's good. He's a hyper kid. It's great. Well, and it's almost like you said, um, that kind of personality and stuff. It seems like it's like it seems. I don't want to say cheesy is the wrong thing, but it's off-putting, but almost because it's too accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Like it feels a little bit too much like an actual person, just the zipping mm-hmm. and the like kind of attitude and everything. Uh, it works really well. So then after that, uh, Bobby's told that Laura has died and, or has been killed rather. And they doesn't give much of a reaction. Like a sat, he's shocked, but he's, he's not more sad. Angry. He's yeah, more he's angry that they assume he did it. He goes right back to his pretty much like, um, you can see James and Donna started that day happy. Yep. And they leave after that very somber and very scared. Well, do you know why and, James was happy? Yeah. Because it's nice day for a picnic. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So he goes. <laughs> and they're both feeling it. And they're having a good time. And then they change. But Bobby kind of, he gets frustrated. But he kind of goes back to being himself yeah, totally. later. He gets yeah. angry. He's not snapping pencils. Although he tries to throw down with Andy, and Sheriff Truman like was ready to to like manhandle yeah, him in that library. They, they grope. Also, him. Sheriff T- Truman totally tells the principal like, "You go, you go talk to this." Teacher. I know. He totally he, he ordered like, him to do like, it. Ugh, all right. Hey, kids. <laughs> Okay, so all She's I have dead. right here is my note is the principal makes an announcement about Laura dying, and then my next note is James' forehead, and that's it. James' forehead. <laughs> Continued crying. Um, just burying his face into his chest. Yeah, okay. he definitely does. I think that Donna looks like she could be the age that she is, but James I agree. looks older. Yeah, much, much too old to be in high school. Yeah, Audrey also looks the age. It works, though. Yeah, it does. I like it. And he brings Mike a balance. The age. He brings a balance to the show that I don't know what. Like, I think that he's the right guy for it. Even yeah. though James is a character that people like to crap on a lot. Even the creators of the show like to crap on him yeah. a lot. Like, James is, like, he's kind of the even dude for a lot of this, which yeah. I think is it's just cool. I never, th- I never thought I'd see you as a James apologist, but I'd love to see I you. I have to be. No one else will. <laughs> and there's so much to <laughs> yeah, apologize yeah, yeah, yeah. for. <laughs> I don't know him that well yet. So, the principal makes the announcement. He asks for any information that anyone might have had on Laura. And then he's like, and we're going to have a moment of silence for her. And he just hangs up. Breaks. Which doesn't help the students know how long that moment of silence is going to be. Just to <laughs> say... It's just everyone's going to be like there for like a minute and be like, is it over? Can I but, get back to my class now? And as soon as he I'm like. I'm here to learn. <laughs> learn. <laughs> the, yeah, that nerdy kid. Uh, what about the homework? <laughs> um, and then Teacher. They, he turns off the. I'm dying to learn over here. <laughs> well, they release school. Does he release school? Huh? I thought they. I thought he like was like, you can all go home. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, yeah he, he released them. Like that. Okay, okay. And he's like, we're going to have a silent moment, immediately hangs up, and just, like, almost starts throwing up. Yeah. Like, just crying. Yeah, and again, like... It honestly makes me think, like, were they planning on having, like, the principal have, like, a side story where, like, he had a I don't know, but it works really well without it. Like, yeah. it's cool. That's one thing that I love about the show. I think that it's... There are so many... And before this, not as much. Before the show, there was, it wasn't as common. But dramas and, like, s- kind of, like, sexual dramas, I guess, yeah. about teenagers and about high yep. schoolers. yeah. Just like dramas in general that deal with relationships and specifically like relationships with people in high school. There's tons of those. And I love this show in particular for spending so little time at school. 
Like yeah. you, I I would feel a need to rely on like, well, then maybe the history teacher he asked them to do this project, and then maybe there's like another class thing, and then they have prom to go to. It stays away from a lot of that, which I think is awesome. Yeah, don't That's worry, true. Kenna. There's not be a lot of scenes of anyone doing homework. So yeah, just awesome. So you know. mm-hmm. That's true. Never. Yeah. So. They never yeah, do school it. School sucks. <laughs> then we get an awesome dolly in on Laura's homecoming picture. Then we go to the commercial break. Okay. So then after after the commercial break, we go right back to Sarah Palmer, and yeah. Dr. Hayward is sedating her, like, immediately. Huh. You didn't catch that? He's He has I a syringe in her arm, huh. and he's pulling it out, and she, like, relaxes on the couch. Gotcha. And, and he's like, you can oh, talk to her now. Yes. You can talk to her now, which is like, was yes, that truth that was serum? So weird. Like, what was that? Okay, I didn't, like, put that all together. I was like, what is happening right yeah. now? Yeah. And like, why did he have to say that? that? That's 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 it's you know just the reaction. Another, of like, yeah, just just drug her up. She'll be fine. Another sweet moment. Maybe I'm jumping ahead of you, but she's like, "Who was that upstairs?" And she's that's like, great. "I know it's not her because I, I can recognize I her footsteps." That. Yeah, yeah. And then oh. so she's saying, "I saw her on those stairs." She was upstairs. Uh, and she got a phone call, and she didn't know who called. And Andy took the call. Oh, no, 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 sorry. She said Sarah, she got a call Laura last got night, the call. but she didn't know who called Yeah, her. but before that, we cut to Leland upstairs. He's sitting on Laura's bed, hugging her pillow, and Hawk, Hawk is just like, he's just doing his job. He's yeah. like, I'm not going to get involved here. And he's just like taking stuff, and Leland's like, Hawk's like, do you have a key for this diary? And Leland's like, do you have to take that? And Hawk's like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. do. <laughs> and then that's kind of it up there. Um, We go back. Oh, actually, Hawk finds a video camera. Yeah. Which so that's important. Which important for the... So, um, <laughs> did you have something to say? No, I'm not going to say it. It's fine. Biker named Jay. So <laughs> look at that hog. <laughs> or what does he say? He's like, that's a that's hog. That's a hog if I've ever yeah. seen one. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Something like that. Um, that looks like a hog to me. Is what he that said. looks like a hog yeah. to me. Um, so then Sarah's talking about how Laura got a phone call last night, but she didn't know who called. And then Ans- Andy answers the phone at the Palmer house. And uh, he tells Harry that now I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of this name. Janik Pulaski's daughter has been missing. Yeah, I think that well. Josie calls him Yannick Pulaski. Yannick, but also but she Josie says also push says plug. things wrong a lot. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> because who knows <laughs> how it's preferred? So, She's from Hong Kong. You know what? You know what's awful is that. Andy and Josie are the worst like people we could have possible to tell us. They're the most unreliable on. narrators yeah, of a story. And that's who we have to tell us yeah. about Janik Pulaski. So, or well, more specifically, Ron that. Yeah. Then we cut to the the mill, and Pete Martell is just chilling, and then Catherine and Josie fight. I don't know if you guys remember. It's literally like a like a ten second shot on Pete Martell. He's just like sitting there like talking to himself. Yeah. Because he is Peaceful. having to deal with what happened. Yeah. he's the one that... Yeah, well, and then everything. Catherine and Josie start fighting about shutting down the mill. And Josie's like, this is my mill. And Catherine's like, yeah, but I run it. And then... He says something funny. You don't know what he's going to say. And then he's like, what does he say? He's like, give me a break, Catherine, or something like that. I yeah. can't remember. It's just funny. Uh, and then Josie says, push the plug. And then they shut down for the day. She makes an announcement. And then Janik goes off in a squad car. Um... And then that, it's Cooper, right? And then, no, then we have a shot of Rana Pulaski walking on the bridge. Yeah. And she has that random old man. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> What's he doing on that bridge? He's just like he's, tightening I, like I a coil. changing the, yeah, like one of the 
like the track directions. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I have a. I have. I have. A, I think this is going to be a very um, uh, insensitive question that mm. I have. It's here it comes. W- so she's walking. Yeah. On a bridge, she's walking. How does she end up in a coma? She's she's walking. Yeah. That's I actually true. I was wondering why it kind of cuts to the shot of her all the time. I don't think she yeah. was in a coma. Cuz it's like she wasn't, it's, it's, she wasn't well, in a no, coma. She's, at the just, she's just comatose. She's just like Yeah, she's just unresponsive. Cuz the nurse okay. said she's like she doesn't even know who she is I'm or where in she is. And that's too actually deep because you just said She's not in coma. She's coma. I didn't know those were two different things, and so maybe I shouldn't even ask. I don't know. Those are two different things. That just we can pretend smart. it never happened because that actually is really common after. Because like what happened to her? Well, yeah, her. she went through some serious trauma, but she's like, if she's walking, I would have been like, hey, I'll walk to the sheriff's station true. with you so we can keep you like moving. I don't know. Um, so Ronette Pulaski is found clearly in shock dazed, yeah. and confused. horrific shot. Like just looks like that's, it's scary sight like seeing her walk. Is. And it's, it's, I've seen other shows. It's not an uncommon thing. And a lot of these, like I keep saying these, but like in shows, I don't often see convincing makeup when there's like someone that's yeah. been like hurt mm-hmm. yeah. or like someone that's like. You know, like running away from like a crime scene or whatever. It's not like a terribly uncommon thing to see in a show like that, but it's convincing. And yes, yeah. it's very convincing. She's, she does great. And what yeah. she's, she's wearing makes it more convincing. Too. Yeah. yeah. Just oh, like, man. It's creepy. It, yeah. it goes back you to the. You know immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It goes yeah. back to the lady running out the window. It's like, or running out the window, running <laughs> to the courtyard, at, running and beyond the window. The window. Yeah. <laughs> 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 also, the original name for this show is Running Beyond the Window. Yes, it was. Actually, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, can we? Has nothing to do with the show. No, <laughs> um, we're still gonna be three fish in a pool. I'm just later. saying it, it. It works. So then we cut to James riding up to the gas farm. Um, Meet old Ed. Which Ed's interesting because he tells Ed Laura's dead, and Ed's reaction is pretty cavalier. Like, like yeah, I heard. Oof, yeah, but hmm. he, it again, it feels I like love Ed. the very like blue collar dad this man has not cried or talked about anything emotional since nom no he's not about to now since nadine had both her eyes since (laughs) (laughs) and yeah well that would make sense yeah Uh, and he just yeah he's like yeah i heard but he's not cold about it and he's not james's dad either so yeah yeah there's something that's that's interesting that james says that um in this interaction where He's like, Laura, I love Laura. And then he says, she was the one, which is what the log lady says in the intro, that Laura's the oh. one. Yeah. Okay. I think it's interesting that the tie-in for the intro on this episode is to what James says. Because what James is saying is like, she's the, she was the one for me. I had, I was in love with mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the log lady is saying. That's cool. She it's, said it, she dude, was the one cool. of many. Or like the, the be, one. Like the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Oh, that makes me kind of sicky. Yeah. No, there you um, go. Welcome did these to the Twins. intros also did, were they they were made during season when when, when was this the intros made? were made yeah sorry we totally sped through them all of the beginning of this episode but the log lady intros were made when the show was syndicated for A and E so basically A and E was like hey we're gonna run Twin Peaks like just like during the day and then David was like oh really hmm I'll make some intros for those because I think it'd be cool to like tie That's it together so cool. narratively um. Granted, there are some parts of season two where he probably like hated having to do that. Yeah. I feel like I would just had like. I hope that the log lady is just, just like, like, don't watch. Yeah, you can skip. Here's, here's what hap- like, happens yeah. in this episode. Don't yeah. worry about it. If you want to know what the network did to ruin this perfect <laughs> yeah. show. 
So more on that later, though, for you. Kinda, it's not really. Not just really. It kind of meanders a little bit. Uh, then, All right. So James gives Ed a note to give to Donna. Yeah. It's a little... It seems like a not a great way to communicate with people, just to give a note to someone at a gas station. He is definitely one for melodrama. Yeah, but... Donna does get it later, so I guess he ride his hog off into the sunset. Yeah. Off into something. Yeah. He just sits on a hill for like a while. Anyway, he gives a note. The note just says, meet. Solo picnic. (laughs) Beautiful day for. Don't look that up on the internet. Um, Especially with James really attached. But um, so he gives a note to Ed. The note says, meet at the the roadhouse at 930. And then he's like, and then he just takes off. And then Nadine steps out of the house, which I never noticed. Their house is just across the street from the gas farm. Yeah, he can't even right get away there. from there. No. And Nadine's yelling about putting up some drapes before nightfall. Um, so that happens twice. Anyway, that's when we cut to Special Agent Dale Cooper. Yeah. Um, right. Audibly screamed. Yeah. It's, it's re- you love to see it. His presence is so different than any other character on the it show. Is. And when he shows up, it's, it's even when I hadn't seen it, when I watched this for the first time, I remember thinking like, I'm happy this guy's here. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. He's an easy person to watch, yeah. easy person to listen to because he's so seamless. He seems to deal with difficult and... things really well. well. And he yeah. shows up right when we've just seen every character that we've met deal in grief. some state of turmoil. Yeah. And he shows up like, on it it's it's like it's he's not caught like in a like it's a candid thing but it he is he's a he's there i don't know if it's the character and i don't or i don't and i can't tell if it's a character or if it's kyle mclaughlin that just dances around everyone but that's Mm -hmm. like the what i love to see in the show definitely in this he just like dunks on everyone in every scene i first time i saw it i i mean it is different than any other like performance because you're used to seeing the noir detective yeah. that is kind yeah. of older and more gruff and this, like this is the opposite yeah no, the exact he's opposite young and he's like kind of quirky like, yeah. and kind of like just like happy to be there yeah you know i remember when he was talking about the the snowshoe rabbits and kendall's like oh he's so cute i know I'm like yeah, yeah it's it, so that's adorable. exactly what he is the first thing he wants to know is like, it's like the trees you you the tell trees me what kind here. of trees you guys got <laughs> yeah He's so capable of dealing with difficult subjects so, and having a good. We're gonna life. get to the mm-hmm. scene in a second, but I watched this interview where Kyle McLaughlin was talking about playing Dale Cooper, and he's like, "And I was like really young, I hadn't really done anything before, and I didn't know how I was gonna play this." And there's this one scene where they're, uh, it's we're about to get to it, but basically they're questioning Bobby, yeah, and Bobby's like, "It doesn't matter, like I don't, I can't remember what he says. He's like, I, I could have." been with her i wasn't with her whatever i did not kill her not kill her and he said that like the first time he played that he got up and he's like here's how this is gonna work bobby we ask the questions and you answer them and then lynch was like no like stop (laughs) like let's try that again like look like you're you're cool you're You're cool you have no reason to be mad there's no yeah and he immediately like he said that so he's like so i just tried it differently and i just kind of turned and i smiled at i love that i I love that choice and he's like bobby Here's how this is gonna work. We're gonna ask you questions and you're gonna answer them. That's it. Yeah. And he's like keeping a level head and he keeps a level head the whole the show, show. The entire and show. And like he said that as soon as the, they did that scene, he understood the character. When that's so fascinating you say that because it's like when Bobby's giving off or well when Dana Ashbrook is giving off that energy in a scene like that, it's so 
instinctual for actors to want to match it. Yeah. But the reason why he just dunks on everyone is because he doesn't. He's untouchable. He subverts it. Yeah. He goes the other way, and it creates such a juxtaposition between him and any other character. Yeah. It's well, amazing. And it goes to Truman to get his reaction to Bobby yelling at him. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't know how he's going to react either. He's never interacted with him. He's never seen him under pressure, and this is the first time he's being pushed, yeah. and he's seeing that he's going to keep his cool. Yeah. Which is awesome. Well, anyway, so uh, Special Agent Dale Cooper is introduced. Never seen so many trees in my life, he says. He's talking to his reporter. This is at the hospital. And referring to Diane. Yeah. Hold on. He talks about cherry pie. I'm just covering the stuff he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. He's looking for a place that's clean and reasonably, reasonably priced. Clean and reasonably priced. <laughs> so when Cooper and Sherman meet in the hospital, it's a wide shot. Like, hmm. at it, the no, other end of the hallway. It's a repeating shot. Yeah, That shot is. gets repeated. It does. Yeah. And it's fascinating that they're like, we're just going to have them come to us. Mm-hmm. Also, they're walking down the hall, and they're talking about the case and the, all these serious stuff. And he's like, I have a couple things I need to talk to you. The first thing he said is, I'm the FBI. When people I usually have a problem with local authority, when I'm here, I'm in charge. And you do what I say. And, Tru- and you, Truman's while like, I'm here, you work for me. You work yeah, for me. Yeah. And Truman's like, Truman's like, no problem there. And then he says... Okay, and the second thing is, what are these trees? You gotta here? tell yeah. me about the trees you oh guys my got. Gosh, he claps cute. his hand and gets a big smile it, on his face. He's so excited. And then after that, they start talking about Ronette Pulaski. Cause, yeah, cool. Because I thought, like, from that first thing, I thought he was kind of going to be like an arrogant ball buster. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the first thing, like, here's how this is going to work. You work for me, you see? Like, and it, yeah. I was like, oh man, this guy. But then it, he only does that because he knows he has to say that quickly. And he says, he's like, I only say this because I've run into problems in the past. Yeah. Which is, he, yeah, in this cool. episode, he's a lot more. Like smiley, yeah, and kind which of can come jokey. off as smug and, and uh, kind and of disconnected, smug. yeah. But later on, he he shows a little he takes lot more everything seriously. really seriously. He does take things really seriously from, well, when from the bottle thing yeah, on, yeah. And when yeah. he's like interviewing Bobby, he's being like so condescending at times. Totally. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. He, he, he's like, he's like, you didn't even love her anyway. Or like, you didn't why love did her you anyway. Say he's kind of like, he's kind of. You're just talking about trees and cherry pie later, where where it's like they pull over James and. Um, homegirl's like he didn't do anything. Um, homegirl, by the way, is Donna. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, she's he's, probably right. Yeah, he, she's probably right. And Truman's like, why like, did you, you do just this? You look like an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Cooper and Truman meet. Um, and then it's actually it's important that they say that the reason why Cooper is there is because Ronette was found across state line, which makes it a federal investigation. Mm. So it's Where interesting. She's found. I'm pretty sure she's found in Oregon. She'd have to be found in Interesting. Or Idaho. Gotcha. Because it's Washington. It's mm-hmm. like Lower Eastern Washington. I'm pretty sure. It's across the state lines. Either Oregon or Idaho. Gotcha. So, um, and then it. But which is also interesting because Cooper can connect it to another case so quickly. So it's like almost like serendipitous. Um, then they. That was talk, another thing I was gonna say. Yes. For him being the. Main character of the show. <laughs> All right. For him being so important, he gets introduced like a lightning bolt. You don't yeah. see the car first. You don't see the mm-hmm. FBI first. You don't see anyone contact the federal. Like, you don't see anything. You see him. And he's yeah. in the car, and he's there, and he's on his way to save the day. And, like, his pers- his attitude about the whole thing is way different. And he seems to have a sixth sense about things from the get-go. And, like, it just it seems significant. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it does. It's he's, yeah. If you didn't have Cooper, 
Twin Peaks wouldn't be as interesting. Well, because most all. most of these shows It'd be more crumbly. Yeah, everybody's well, kind it's of so like it's so typical. It's so typical of a show, and I mean, this is a normal thing, but like an arc that he would go through would be that like he, you know, like I'll pick like Hopper from Stranger Things. Yeah, he is the one that needs to change. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's kind of a an asshole that's not paying attention. Yeah, you see him in his house. He's like drinking. You find out like, oh, his daughters die. Like. He's not taking things really seriously. He's kind of being a jerk. And then it's like, oh, as time goes on, his heart kind of opens up to like, I need to fix this. Like, yeah. I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. I let yep. something bad happen. And like, kind of takes responsibility, whereas before he wasn't taking any responsibility. Cooper shows up and from the get-go, he like, yeah, I mean, we'll kind of go through it and stuff. But I would say that it's more typical that the main character of a show is someone that has serious flaws that they have to overcome. And he more is just, it's just, it's just different. It's yeah. very different. Speaking of uh, shows that are inspired by Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I know. True. A so, show that I love independent to this. Yeah. 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 Awesome. I watched but it first. I watched Stranger Things before Twin Peaks. I thought you were talking before me. You're like, I watched it first. No, I, I didn't watch, watch Stranger Things before Twin anyone. Peaks. I would imagine. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they go see Ronette, and there seems to be, at this moment, no connection between Ronette and Laura. Yeah. Ronette was he does do the nail check that. no nail thing they went to the same high school as well they went to the same high school but yeah. they're like there's no like they didn't run the yeah. same circles they didn't or even know it, what it's like they like, could word like, says that they didn't even, even know, know each, each other, other. Yeah. yeah so then Ronette may have neurological damage which is troubling to hear mm-hmm. it's a rough hit to take and then Cooper examines the fingers there's nothing there and then Ronette starts freaking out and saying don't go there don't go there mm-hmm. um Probably not something you want to hear from yeah. someone in a coma. Yeah. Um, if she's in a coma or they have a heavy nap that you guys are saying. The first <laughs> thing that he says when he walks up to her is like, was she raped? Yep. And she said several yeah. times. Yeah. So then we're going to uh, go in the elevator with Coop and Truman and a one-armed oh, man he's, he's steps off. To you. I don't know if we noticed I call at that him point. I call him. I, Everyone starts calling him I Coop. I call him Dale. Yeah. I'm not there yet. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. You're warming up to him. So Cooper, you, he is Mr. Dale so, Cooper, FBI. So Special Agent Dale Cooper and Sheriff Dude, Harry S. Truman are in the elevator together. I don't know if at and this the man, point, the man front, that we see in the elevator, I don't know if we notice a it, certain. Oh yeah, I did. Is it? Oh, okay. It's, 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 I think it's obvious on purpose. Okay, gotcha. There's a one-armed man in the elevator okay. with them, and he hops out. Did front. you see that? Did you see the one-armed man there's in the elevator? There's a one-armed man in the elevator with. Oh no, Cooper, I didn't notice that. And I he gets out, and there's a, like a close-up of him like looking like, around, and then he walks off. What? And then oh. Doctor Jacoby sees them. Yeah, and he starts to do with the earplugs and the tie. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we'll talk about Doctor Jacoby in one. Moment. Of the characters that we've talked about so far, Kenna, which one uh, has the highest levels of sex appeal? Mm. Oh, what's his name? Uh, flannel boy. Flannel boy. At the beginning, dirty flannel boy. Oh, Pete Martel. Pete? The wait, the fishing man, the Pete? man that finds the body with the mustache. No, no, not Pete. Oh, what? Oh, I was saying one of his names. Flannel Bobby? Boy. No. Big Ed. Ed who runs the gas station. Dirty yes. Flannel. Ed who yes. runs the gas okay, station. Yes. I say him. A, that's a dope. That's a dope take. That is correct. So Dr. Jacoby chases them, uh, Cooper and Truman in the hospital in the morgue. Um, you remember? Huh? You remember? Do you remember Dr. Jacoby? He's the guy with the hula girl tie. Yes, the guy with the thing is in his I ears. I don't think you could forget him. D- honestly, he started putting his finger underneath. Yep, the, the that's he skirt. wanted to participate in the autopsy. There's a lot of stuff that 
are just red banners, not even flags, with Dr. Jacoby <laughs> that I think we should pay attention Waving to. Banners. Red banners. Also, so for he's not wearing his like um his glasses. glasses. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Oh, that's a I thing. forgot about that. Yeah, you'll see it like literally next episode. Um, so Dr. Jacoby chases them down. I like how Truman like pretends to like not know him in the elevator. He just like puts his head down. And then on the next floor, he like he catches them. He has to join them in the morgue. Cooper's like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like immediately draws a line. He he kind of is like a he's kind of a badass about it. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh, I thought maybe I could be of help. And he's like, maybe you will at a future time. Yeah. I'm like he's now bitch amazing <laughs> um and then jacoby he he's like that guy who just doesn't take social cues that you talk to you're like why are you telling me what you're telling me and he says you know laura's parents didn't know she was seeing me yeah and that's when he's touching the skirt and it's like why would you tell law enforcement that yeah because like really what crazy. is he insinuating when he's touching the hula girl yeah kenna i'm looking at you what is he insinuating i'd rather not say okay that's fine completely understandable and i will respect your wishes okay so they go and uh, stop <laughs> it the rest of our podcast we're gonna talk like that so they got so they, you little brats they investigate laura's dead body okay the I lights like the lights the lights are clicking we're gonna return to the lights as hash slinging slashers they're, they're they're yeah they're hash slinging slashing slash slinging exactly the hash stinging the okay. trash bringing, <laughs> the trash bringing slasher. So, they're examining Laura. The lights are going off, and then Cooper asks the doctor to leave, or like the the like the worker. I don't know if that's like a nurse. Mm. I I don't know what that is. Because there's like so who does an autopsy? Is that a coroner? A coroner. That's the word I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. I don't know why he asked him to leave. Or does a coroner work with a police? So the <laughs> the lights flashing is something to talk about. It's, it's we're going to talk about like that. A spooky element. We're, that exactly. We're going to talk about it at the end of the episode cool. during our red room segment. So, um, Cooper asks Doctor to leave, and then he pulls out the letter R, and Cooper gets like really excited, and he's like, "Oh heck yeah! Like I love this." Under the fingernail. That part. Yeah. Oh yeah. yes. Which you were fearless watching. I like I it I is hard for me to watch that. Uh, I just I, I was like really, I actually like that. It's like so that's something okay. I'm super into. Um, oh, okay, cool, interesting. Fingernail yeah. stuff. So. You're gonna love this show. Um, <laughs> just bunch every of episode stuff. is a different it's a different fingernail. So hmm. uh then Cooper <laughs> t- tells Diane on his recorder to send the letter to Albert, not Sam. And then we cut to Donna showing up at Ed's big gas farm. And Donna gets a yeah. warm hug from Ed. It she seems nice. to enjoy it a lot. It looks really nice. Yeah, so it, it looks I don't like, blame her. Yeah, I honestly, same thing. Like, <laughs> a big Ed hug looks like a good time. So then uh, he gives Donna the note um, and says to meet at the roadhouse after 9.30. And that's kind of it. When oh, does... wait, no, Mike shows up. Yeah. Okay, that is weird. Yeah. It is so weird. Okay, so Mike pulls up. He goes to Donna's house. She sneaks out the window. No, no, no. We're not not, not, not not there yet. yet. Okay. Because then they go to the, after this, they go to the police station and then he gets Bobby. Anyway. Yeah. Mike shows up and he's like yelling at Donna and he's like, Bobby's at, is one of the police. Like, and she's like, uh, Laura is my friend. It's first of all, very weird dynamic. I honestly don't really know why Mike is angry. I guess there are, are some Mike underlying subtextual stuff. Dating? They are dating. Yeah. And I think it's because uh, he suspects that she's cheating on him. Seeing, yeah. 
which he's wrong about at that point. But by the end of the episode, he'll be right about. Weird. Uh, anyway, so then Ed like stands up to Mike, and he's like, "You're on my, you're on my property, friend." And then Mike goes, "Oh, you're not my friend, Ed." And I'm like, "Why? Okay. Like, yeah. why isn't he your friend?" Like, I guess maybe they just don't like James, so maybe that has something to do with it. But it seemed okay, like that's they didn't a, that's really a pretty good. Per- no, yeah, that's weird. It's cool. Yeah. Is so that, is that when um, what's her face is in the window with the? Yeah, that's the second time we see because she says, "I know how to pick him." Donna says, "I know how to pick him," and then Nadine's like, "Ed, I said before <laughs> nightfall," and he's like, "I know how to pick him too," and it's like. A really sad moment because you think about it. these people are actually dating and married to these people, but um, two of the more attractive people on the show. Yeah, and, Nadine. And so season one, Donna. Donna. <laughs> Wait, did you say Nadine in season one, Donna? Yeah, it goes yeah. Firewalk with me, Donna. Everyone else, and then and yeah. then season one, Donna, and then really far what down is season two, Donna. Yeah, and, and then, then there are rumors of season Harold three, Smith. Donna. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she's a blanket and you miss it. Can how cameo. does that happen to her? That's so sad. I'm You'll just, see. We're we're spoiling too much. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, it doesn't really matter that much, and I don't think you'll remember it. But um, I won't. We've got a lot to cover. So, um, let's see. Donna tells Ed to tell James she's looking for him. Oh, is that when we see James having a picnic with just himself? I think that is, but I think it's right around here because there are two times when we cut away to James just chilling on the hill. One of them is just it reveals that he has the bike, and then the other reveals he has the locket, but or the the necklace. But yeah, a- after but this, we have to find the they find. I got oh, I got the oh, outline right is. here, buddy. Yeah, you got I, it. I, I got okay, you. Okay, okay. Well, you keep guessing. Like, I, I, I got Chill. it. I kind of thought you were just doing this off the top of your head, which was oh, making no. me feel really stupid. So um, then Cooper busts open the diary, like like a freaking madman. Which also, there's no law that you can't just break open a diary like i don't yeah. know anyway there what are the laws are about diaries laws. there are laws greater than <laughs> diary laws <laughs> okay so separate diary laws. i always i i feel like other tv shows they would have had five episodes before they find the key to the to the diary and then open it and yeah. cooper's like actually this That's episode true. does a lot of things where we're like we're not gonna wait around we're gonna like figure these things out we don't now care if you're ready yeah they're like mini arcs inside this episode yeah that also connected the larger first season arcs that are mm-hmm. really cool because it's an hour and a half and they actually get a lot done well it's cool because they already up- find out that bobby's not the killer well i mean find out cooper's just like uh, he's not having a dead girl's <laughs> locked diary is like ooh, and you could really kind of use that for a long time and him doing the indiana jones thing of just shooting the guy with the sword yeah. like i'm just i'm just gonna break it open yeah like it, I, it's cool it's great it's hilarious so the first entry is about what is it asparagus again asparagus what did she say asparagus again i hate asparagus Asparagus. does this mean i'll never grow up yeah and then the look on truman's face like "Mm, not not all these are diamonds is great um and then nervous about meeting jay tonight that's what she wrote last night or no two nights ago Mm -hmm. right before she died and then they find the bag with the key and what they what they assume is cocaine cocaine. yeah Yeah. and And if anyone knows what cocaine is it is agent dale cooper um (laughs) then truman like literally like no that's not cocaine you're wrong it's probably sugar uh he didn't say that you don't you don't know laura yeah Yeah. and he's like i expect we're she's the best have you ever been surprised before is that what he says says. yeah have you ever been no he doesn't say she's the best of all of us yeah it's a low bar he says have (laughs) you have you ever been surprised or something like that? oh yeah yeah yeah, it's Neat. there are a couple 
parts in this episode where Truman and Cooper kind of like are squaring each other off or they're kind of like feeling each other out. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, but overall, it's their bromance. They gross. catch a jive yeah. pretty early and it's they don't the ever really butt heads. No, they don't. Yeah, which is cool. Um, So then the scene ends with Cooper picking up a box of chocolate bunnies. He says, Diane, Diane I'm holding in my hand a small box of chocolate bunnies, which is one of my favorite lines of the episode. So then Andy and the officers find the train car where I don't know how like, so quickly they're able to just be like, this is where it happened. Although there is just blood everywhere holding, on the inside. I think that Andy or somebody was holding a piece of Ronette's dress. Oh, really? Or something. Oh, I'm trying to okay. I can dig that. I think it's because it's so close to where she was found. Yeah. She was walking probably. on the tracks. And it's cool because when you see her first. It like accentuates just that, there's that like part. that's like, true. It's just gosh dang. Zoomed in yeah. on I'll watch this episode twice before it's this cool. before we start recording, and you guys are already schooling me. That's great. I like that Andy is like tell him I didn't, I didn't cry. cry. That's yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so it's it's funny. Like when I first watched, I think I kind of said this a second ago, but and I said this while we were watching it too. When I first watched this episode, like when I first saw the show, I thought that things like that were funny. Yeah, because I didn't know who Laura Palmer was, and like having watched everything. Yeah. Like, I know who Laura Palmer is, and this episode is way more sad. Oh, yeah. Like, knowing, seeing everyone mourning this person that I have, like, spent so much time to try to find out what happened to her. Yeah. Is, like, so, it was way sadder. It's interesting when you first watch, and actually, Ken, I want to know what you think about this. When you first watch Twin Peaks, you kind of just feel like you're, it's almost like uncomfortable drama and comedy just building just like mystery. i'm just standing in a room with these people and they're all sad and i don't yeah. really get it but yeah. and cooper's kind of real he doesn't show yeah. up like comforting people that are like dealing with this loss because he no. feels no sense of loss over no this. no and but now knowing like having seen all of it it's like yeah oh yeah uh that what is do you how, is that how you felt that is how i felt i recently like went to a funeral where i had a lot of loved ones and yeah. it was like the heaviest the air was heavy and I feel like when I was watching that, I'm like, when will it, is it going to be heavy the whole episode? Like, yeah. is it just the beginning where people are like, oh, sad, dead girl? Yeah. No, it's like the whole episode, there's people crying, there's people surprised. Yeah. That's, it felt like that. Yeah. Actually, my favorite line that um, that Cooper says in the episode is, oh, sad, dead girl. But, um, <laughs> so. Oh, sad, dead girl. Uh, okay. So, I, yeah, I love Andy crying. Only, and it's not even that, it's, it's like. It's like, I don't know, because the first time him crying at the beginning is just kind of like, ugh, what the heck. Second time, I'm like, oh man, like, he's obviously very affected by all this. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't stay this heavy. Um, no. Or is there different? No, no, no. Times? This is probably the saddest episode, because people move through the grief through the show, and Cooper is a ray of su- sunshine pretty much the, whole the time. entire time. Yeah. That's why he's so special. Never mind. I I have all these things I want to ask about the future of this show, but I. Don't well, need to. we'll ask them at the end, and then we'll yep. we'll dis- we'll we'll address some of them. Maybe not all of them. Keep your questions for the okay. end of the watch. So, Cooper and Truman meet with Bobby. Uh, they interrogate him. Um, I wrote down, and this was without. I don't know if when you told me about this. Um. But I wrote down Cooper smiles at Bobby exploding, and I just love yeah that detail. It's we, so we great. Broke down the scene a little the, bit ago. Yeah, that was like a big. Uh, it's so great. That's a big turning point for it was at least for him, like knowing how am I going to do this yeah. character. 
Um, then they show the videotape of Laura and Donna. Bob, everyone, that's a very interesting and cool device that they use because mm-hmm. everyone like it's really soft. Has a very different reaction to the completely, video. but they yeah. do. It does. It it does kind of take down any like motive that you have. Yeah. You're gonna have a reaction of seeing this person who is now dead be very very alive just yeah. a few days ago. Mm-hmm. This it's interesting that um, <coughs> I think she doesn't get enough credit for it, but Laura Palmer pretty much. Like invented Instagram reels, like it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, also, so what? I know maybe we should talk about this later, but I know that you know more about Shirley's like getting roped into yeah. this because I don't know really how yeah. that happened because she seems like she was incredibly talented from the get go. Yeah, she. So Shirley was hired mostly just to play the dead body, be in this video and the picture because they shot the um, pilot episode like six months before anything else because mm-hmm. I had to get it like edited and then approved to, to be ordered as a yeah. series. And so they shot it and she was just, that's all she did was the picnic video, the dead body, and then her homecoming picture. So no words. Wow. She didn't say anything. And then David Lynch during that, once they got picked up, he was like, okay, cool. We're going to make, we're going to bring, I need more of Cheryl Lee, which we'll get back to later when, yeah. when there's more of her. But um, she, basically i mean the start of her career but she there is something that's interesting that she can like only seeing her body her dead face and her homecoming picture and that video Mm -hmm. there's a lot that's being communicated yeah just from her performance alone yeah and like who she was and really it's seeing the different types of reactions that she gets from several different people that are all you kind of unique and it's really cool it's a it's a really pretty genius idea to have that video so that people can you can see them react Mm -hmm. like like in real time with them i mean for for, to to boil down like a show like this into something so simple that is the premise of like there's this girl that nobody really knew that everybody loved that dies and like it's just too much for anyone to kind of handle is like already a brilliant premise but the brilliance of that premise like comes out in the details and it really yeah, it just works. Really I well. honestly never thought that I would ever like feel affectionate or like touched by white girls get letting loose with their friends. <laughs> David Lynch proved that to me. Uh, it's well, and we'll have a chance to keep talking about this, but yeah, I, yeah, she, it says that she's the one, and I think like there's a lot about this show that it's just, it's kind of it's silly because I, I, I mean. It's a Wonderful Life might seem like a cliche thing to reference, but just to see how much impact a single person can have and like what a hole they leave while they're gone, like if they leave, yeah. this show does an incredible job. That's true. That. That's a good point. Um, Cooper tells Bobby that Laura was seeing someone else and that maybe that's what they're fighting about. In this scene, and he does this when he's talking to Donna as well, Cooper keeps referring to the video as pictures. Who yeah. took these pictures? Who took these pictures? Yeah, I was. It's a video. By that. Mm-hmm. I. That's it. I think that's it's just like. It. I think they wrote it as they were pictures, but then they decided to do a video instead, and they just didn't change. I don't know. Hmm. It disturbs me. Yeah. Um. It sounds like something an old person would yeah. say. Like I saw her in the picture. And that's disgusting. <laughs> and, and old people are gross. gross. <laughs> if it's if I mean Mayor Milford, if anything, he serves as, as a device to show <laughs> how, how evil the, the old, old people are. That's funny. So, um, Cooper asks about the cocaine, and then Bobby's like, "I don't do drugs." And based on how he says it, I believe him. 
Yeah. Um, and then Cooper slides a calculator to um, Truman and it says boobies on it. No, I'm <laughs> that it says uh, it says funny. That, Lol. <laughs> how did he write Bobby didn't do it on I know. a calculator? I don't that know if so it was impressive. a. Cal- I think it was a, like a P like a PDA. Oh, like okay, okay, okay. I don't know. I, no I thought idea. it was a calculator. But, I thought um, it was a calculator. Um, which is interesting that Cooper kind of is tr- proving himself as like a human lie detector test. And it's really cool that he instantly like takes Bobby off the list because I feel like any other show would create the cliche yeah, of like they would just build it up. James and Bobby are the people who are the main suspects. And it's like it's it would like, take it's so cool long to take him out of that narrative. To get to the point where yeah. they figure that out. Yep. And then it's like Bobby has been in school for three weeks because he's been in court. Anyway, mm-hmm. I can't, I think it says a lot about um, what's his face? Sorry, um, Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's just on it. Like, yeah, he just gets it. He's incredible. Then at the end of that scene, there's an incredible zoom in on Laura's eye that I love. I know. That I love also that just um, shows Bobby the bike. That's like a plot device. Yeah, I didn't realize that he oh, had noticed that, that too. Because he says he comes that out like we're looking for a biker. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting that Bob. It kind of shows that Bobby's really smart. Like he's looking yeah. for stuff like that. I like Bobby. Yeah. He's a good character. Um, and then Cooper ends the scene by saying, "You didn't love her any, or no, she didn't love you." He uh, says, "You didn't yeah. love her." Yeah, you anyway. didn't love her anyway, which. I don't think he had to. Like, no. I, that, that seemed but, like... I mean, it is kind of a sixth sense thing that he can kind of tell. And Bobby, I will say, is the only people of the people that, like, were close to Laura that we know of doesn't give a really strong reaction. No, to yeah. To him finding out. He gets, like, a little irritated because he's in trouble. Because he's in trouble, but yeah. But afterwards kind of just goes back to He himself. kind of reacts like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so then we have... Probably the most crucial scene to the plot um, of the episode, the scene where Audrey's at the concierge desk playing with a cup of coffee and the pencil, which there's a part where this guy named Bob is talking to the concierge and it's like telling her something to do. And Audrey's like responding for it. Okay, Bob. Okay. Like, it's hilarious. It's amazing. Um, And then the Norwegians are leaving. Um, Oh, wait, no, no, no. That's not it. Sorry. I'm jumping ahead. I'm I'm throwing all these scenes together. So then she goes into the the room where the Norwegians are after making a mess on the concierge's desk, and she's just like doing this bored girl routine and kind of shaking her head. This was so weird to me. Mm. I did yeah. not understand this at all. That's, I thought this was. I think so that's totally. Yeah, what? I think that's fine. Just this whole the whole scene of her going in there. I I wanted something to happen and it just didn't. Like yeah, well she yeah. Did you think I love that line? It's one of my favorite lines from the episode. Is, is there something wrong, young pretty, pretty girl? girl. Oh, yes. yes, I know so that great. that in itself makes it worth it. But mm-hmm. what I wanted something else. To, I don't know. Well, she did get. They all they were investors and they left. Yeah, like they left that because ruined, of her. She said my friend that. got murdered and oh. they all left because she told because them of that. that. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's that's vital. It's interesting. That <laughs> I didn't realize that either. Well, it's difficult because a lot of things that happen in this episode are, like, said. Yeah. And, like, with that, it's very subtle what she's doing. It's, Mm -hmm. like, smart. It is, but, like, Laura's death isn't subtle at all. Like, the whole town knows. How how come that was the... Yeah. That had to be where they figured out or, like, how they Mm -hmm. were, like, oh, we're going to leave now. Yeah, I don't think that they spoke English. I think one of them did. Because, I mean, they had a translator in the room. Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. My air sacs have never felt this great. She has, yeah, well, incredible air sac feel. 
Yeah. It, it, it is cool that... <laughs> the Great Northern. To have great a show air feel. that has... I let you guys have that little thing. Uh, that was a good bit. Uh, so uh, to have a show that has this many characters and to have... I mean, you have an hour and a half here, so you have like a decent amount of time. But to establish their character in a, like yeah. just a few scenes... Yeah. And Audrey is one where her character is kind of established independent of other characters. Like... Totally. Donna and James are established because of the way they react to Donna and James and yeah. like Ed and blah blah blah. Whereas Audrey, it's mostly she's she's alone. independent. Yeah, yeah, it's just her reacting she to really everything spend any else. Time with her dad either in this episode. Well, like, yeah, and that's 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 very deliberate. Yeah, um, but she's like off on her own. Yeah. a lot. She just seems like this like kind there's, of side. There's one scene where she literally just plays with her food while her mom talks about Johnny. Yeah, which is interesting. It's actually that's a that's a good point. That's Audrey scene. doesn't really have anyone, Mm-mm. and that's why she's doing this. She's just seeking attention all the time. I figured this all out. <laughs> okay, so then Bobby and Mike meet up at the police station. Bobby gets let go, and Mike, who is called Snake again, basically he's like, I don't. So he told, he told. Bobby, that he's looking. I I don't get Mike's his motivation with Donna at all. Anyway, I just I don't get what he's saying. I want to understand Snake. <laughs> Did they give um, him? I also want him to get a haircut. You're you. I want Mike to get a haircut. Oh, Snake. I thought you were just like I want to get a haircut. Every also. time Mike is ever brought up in the series from now on, I will only refer to him as Snake. Yeah, even though because that's all Bobby calls him this episode. I so, think he's like the most non-mysterious person, and so they had to add. That's true. And you know, that's Lynch okay. Boy, that is so true. Lynch what the boy heck? loves Lynch mystery. Boy. He yes, needs he does. something there. Yeah, I like how Kenna is using the test to take the test. Snake. Um. <laughs> snake. It was a snake. I remember when he said that when he walked into school, and I was like, "Is he? Is he talking uh, yeah, to someone I had, else?" I had no idea what was going on. Okay, so. Bobby's like, we got to find a biker with the name Jay. And then Lucy is seen overhearing this conversation. I can't tell if Bobby already knows that it's James or not. It seems like they kind of have history with him, mm-hmm. but I can't tell. So anyway, they then Bobby's because like. Because of that, decide to go to the roadhouse? Or when do yeah, they decide? No, no, to no, no. Not, no. This is not yet. Actually, they, they're leaving the station because Bobby's like, yo, this this girl's listening to us. Let's go outside. Good job on Lucy, by the way. He's like for being incapable of like transferring calls. Yeah. She like kills this part. Yeah, and his dad is there, and he's like, "I'm yeah. here if you so, need a sympathetic here." And he's like, "I don't need sympathetic anything." <laughs> Here's something that I want to show. So Garland Briggs has been in uniform all episode, getting shoulder rubs everywhere he goes, mm. and he is an interesting character mm. already because you feel like someone like Bobby Briggs. The stereotype for the kind of person his dad would be would be like someone who like beats him or something. Yeah. yeah. Like that would cause Bobby to act the way he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the exact opposite. No, Garland is like the nicest human being ever. Yeah. And he like he's military, so he's like hardcore. But in that, yeah. he's like, I'm here if you need to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's how it is a lot of the time, though. Like hmm? in real life. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like how it be though. It's like really how it. Be. You're like I've dated a lot of bad boys, and I know. <laughs> and their dads are great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm leaving. Um. So then, oh, by the way, when they're walking out, 
That sky is ridiculous. Yeah, it is yeah. gorgeous. It's like a purple, like pink hue. Oh my gosh! Like it's beautiful. Yeah, good thing they got it. Oh heavens! Okay. You sound like Cooper. Then we uh, it, it shows snowshoe don't, bunnies. Don't say, don't say that to him. Uh, I will wear suits from every day on. So Cooper <laughs> is talking to Donna. Um, he keeps uh, my note here says he keeps referring to the video as pictures. Dot dot dot. <laughs> Um, WTF. And then Donna is just watching the video and crying, and she's talking about how a, a hiker took the pictures. Honestly, Donna does a really good job lying yeah. through the scene. Yeah. Like, she doesn't trip up at well, all. At the way first, she's, it's really, there's a lot of nuance into what she's doing. Yeah. She's like, what she's, the way she's saying it seems like she's telling the truth, but her not being able to hold back her emotions yeah. says otherwise. Laura Flynn Boyle you were is- gonna say No, something. never mind, never mind. Say it. No, never mind. Say it. I was just saying, like, at first, it, I was like, she is sucking at this. But then as it goes on, I'm like, that's actually convincing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. you're like a really good liar. So, like, it's good yeah. that you got her, her yeah. pass. Um, <laughs> hey. Uh, no, no, Donna's like- Laura Flynn Boyle is fantastic in this episode. Yeah. She's really good. Yeah. I know. Um, and then Cooper freezes the video. He says, who are you protecting? Does the hiker's name start with a large J? And then Donna is like, no, she didn't tell us, didn't her, tell name. us her name. And I'm like, yeah. she's just good. Like, yeah. she really sells She wasn't it. shocked by that. No, she, she wasn't. So and then, then he also says, like, this is bigger than Laura falling in love with somebody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how big, how, how important this is? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's really good. Who are you protecting? Mm-hmm. So then... Um, Cooper lets Donna go, and Lucy comes in with Harry and tells Cooper what she overheard outside with Mike and Bobby. Although Cooper like doesn't let her have the satisfaction. I know. Like, her it could have just been like, "Yeah, wow, that's cool, that's awesome." That cool. kind of reminds Lucy. me of something I saw in yeah. the screen. And but instead, he's like, "It's a the man we're looking for rides a motorcycle." <laughs> Looks like a hog. To Looks me. like a hog to me. <laughs> as soon as she walks through the door, that's what he says. Looks like a hog to me. It'd be great if any other, if any other like crew made this show. That would be like Cooper's thing, and every episode at some point he'd be like, "Looks, looks like, like a hog to me." Okay, back at the Great Northern, the Norwegians are leaving. It's just funny watching Audrey just like, Giggling. like really enjoying watching these Norwegians leaving. Mm-hmm. The Norwegians are really funny. They're great. I like them in this episode. The Norwegians. Was she ringing a bell? Is that what was happening? She I was like hiding behind, behind like a, a pillar, post, and, and she's like, yeah. hee, hee, oh. oh. Like, she can't stand oh. up straight for most of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Cooper and Sherman get to the train car, and it's, it, the, the sun has, has set by this point, and there are tons of blood yeah. and a hammer mm-hmm. in this train car. It's, that's like, it's good. It's very yeah. unsettling. It's a lot for TV at this day and age. Something else I thought was cool was like, I was looking at like with the dogs and everything and all the officers they have outside the train car. I was like, this looks like a film set. Totally. This doesn't look like. Totally. <clears throat> Sorry. The level of production and everything with like everybody there. And I was just like, this is crazy. Yeah. It's That's cool. it's really good. Also something that I didn't <clears throat> notice. All right. I don't know if I brought this up at the beginning, but Laura's body in plastic. There's like a lot of blood. Yeah. Underneath, yeah. I never noticed that till when we watched even it today. like in the water and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's it's they really went for it, and then uh, they find the gold heart necklace, and then the words "fire walk with me" written on a note in blood. Yeah. And that was so cool. Yeah, seeing that. It's. I love the way that he says it too. He's like "fire walk with yes. me." Yeah, like the way the way that he almost says like there's it a comma really cool. between fire and walk. Yeah. It's. 
so that's going to be important. Did you know that? So, um, there's a movie after. Yeah, this. you guys told it's, me that the movie's called Firewalk with Me. That's so cool. It's interesting that it's introduced this early. Yeah. It's really cool. I was talking to, yeah, and we can keep going, but. Yeah, it's crazy, and one of the things that's so scary, I think, about this show that makes it one of the most horrifying things that I've ever watched, because, like, I think that it has to be a long-form show to get a specific type of terror that I'm talking about, which is the terror of, like, something being right under your nose and you not noticing it. Yeah. And, like, when you do notice it, like, there's little details that you'll notice weeks later when you're looking at like a character, you rewatch a scene and you're like, how did I not see that? Yeah. And there's stuff in this episode that could potentially like ruin the return. Yeah. That happened 25 years later. Yeah. There's like some stuff that could really like you, if you watched it again and you really, really thought about what you're seeing, you're like, I can know what's going on now. Yep. And it's just, that's, I think what's so scary to me is just, yeah, just, being unaware of things that like you really really should have been paying attention to yeah because it's too real it's just there's problems that occur in your life that happen like later down the line that you're like if i would have noticed that a while ago i there was i had a clue that this bad thing was going to happen or that this like relationship was going to go bad or whatever yeah and i didn't notice it and it's like yeah that's one of the things that i think makes this show so great it also sets up a very um like established iconography that is going to be used for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's so iconic. All the things that yeah. are introduced in this. And you episode. don't know what to look for. No. Until it starts making a pattern of what to look for. Like, we're way too early to even be like paying attention. Yeah, that's true. Cool. So that's why I think us going beat by beat like this, it's important because like almost everything we've talked about today actually unfolds into something it's, else. It's later. for my, it's and your benefit. Yeah. Also like it's, it's helpful. making my Twin Peaks experience really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, I'm almost envious like, of you because you're you're gonna be able to like pick up on a lot of things that we will just now be like, oh yeah. my gosh, what? Like yeah, that. for me, it's a frustrating thing because it's like, I have watched this and rewatched it and like talked about it, but yeah. I haven't pieced together exactly everything, you yeah. know. And so I'm like reviewing the old case, even though I know the way that this goes yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I don't completely understand it, but for you, it's like you're getting details as they come and breaking them down but yeah gosh and the way that you guys are highlighting them uh is making it easier for me to be able to remember it when it does come back up again. yeah so yeah. that will be cool and we'll, and we'll be like hey that. remember this yeah. yeah it's great so then after that we cut to james sitting on the hill and he's holding the other half of the heart necklace once again they didn't have to reveal who had the other half mm-hmm. they do they, immediately yeah, right away. it's yeah. so cool it actually it, it turns it, it it changes it from a MacGuffin where you're trying to find out who has the necklace into like a chase where like yeah. it's switching hands and now well, who's going to have it next? Well, and like, and, yeah. Who's and like, caught? that's one thing again, even if you, if you treated the, that's so crazy to think about the MacGuffins are like the really important, like artifacts of this show. Yeah. They're not one-off characters. No, they're they not remain and yeah. they gain importance and they kind of lose certain importance as you, you had assumptions that ended up being wrong or you had certain understandings that ended up being different. Like, all of those, like, uh, lesser shows would have villains and people or, like, you know, antagonists that come in for an episode, maybe two, and yeah. then they're out. Or items that are important for an episode, and then it's solved, and well, it's gone. And these items gain and change yeah. and mutate their importance as the show goes on. But there's not a lot of, like, that firewalk with me phrase is stays forever. And yeah. the, the necklace stays forever. And yeah, it's that's never really like, cool. It's never like there's another line, like... 
like water swim with me. I don't know. Yeah. It's like it's water like this is me. the thing, and but we're gonna keep going for on you. It. What your point is that like it's they didn't sit on it, and it wasn't like immediately we see yeah. okay, James has the other half of it. No, yeah, and they kind of had a relationship, so that makes sense. So for it to be able to remain and also not be like you know taken just used way in an yeah. obnoxious way where it's like ooh like keep the mystery up about it yeah it's really cool also no one um no one like watching this i don't think anyone's like oh james did it <laughs> like yeah. no one yeah he it doesn't seem like he would he would do it it's a it's just I, also i shout out to um oh what's the guy who plays james mm-hmm. james marshall he is he does a great job at playing this character because mm-hmm. I totally don't think he would have killed Laura. So it's like in my mind I'm already thinking the police are like chasing a wild the goose. Wrong guy. Yeah. yeah. So um then we get introduced to an interesting this scene I think it doesn't do a lot for the episode. It hmm. does a lot it does it does stuff for like the season, I think, where we're introduced to Johnny Horn and he's and he, he's like He's having like kind of like a very light tantrum, banging his head on that. Mm. Uh, he's wearing the the headdress and he's banging his head on his little like model home. Mm-hmm. And we kind of learn from his mom that Johnny was taken care of by Laura, and that Laura yeah, isn't she was coming. Tutoring he him. doesn't. Uh, it, he it, doesn't understand that she's not coming back. Yeah, it, that's what they allude to, and yeah. that no one is really wanting to tell him that. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting drama around Johnny Horn. But it doesn't really do anything here besides just saying Laura did touch a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Uh, it does definitely show more of the Palmer – or the Palmer, the Horn House. The Horn House. And just yeah. Audrey's kind of – Totally. Weird. The Horn House. We understand more about the Horn House. A lot later, yeah. In fact, I think next episode we get a lot more about the Horn House. Um, Can we keep how, saying the Horn House? Yeah. Um, we'll actually change the shows about the Horn House. Welcome to the Horn House. <laughs> that was almost the title right. of this podcast. <laughs> So, oh, actually, okay. So, and, and then, so they find the key to the safety deposit box in, in mm-hmm. the in the diary. Next scene, Cooper and Truman go into into the bank, and they get the safety deposit box. Yeah. Um, There's a deer wait, on are the head they, on the table. Yeah, it, that's I love that part. Oh, sorry, I fell, and then that's it. They, that's all. That's <laughs> I love that too. It's so funny. I love that the bank clerk is gorgeous, and she She's never comes back. Really pretty. Also, I miss her. They immediately. <laughs> show what's in the safety deposit box. Yeah. They get to business in this episode. They're yeah. just like plot point, plot point, plot point. We're not going to we're not so messing around. There's so much more. Yeah. There's so there is so much more. It's actually you're it's it's going to be going to be crazy. So, um I don't know why I said it like that, but um It's going to be crazy. <laughs> so, in Laura's safety deposit box is $10,000, over $10,000. Oh, yeah. Um that's interesting. She, I mean, <clears throat> she's doing well for herself for a high school girl and what was almost the name of this podcast? Flesh World Swingers Coast to Coast. <laughs> um, Why not? There's. I've heard a lot of people comment about this, and I want to comment about it as well because I think it's interesting. Cooper's like really excited that like uh, one of the pages is marked. Yeah, there's a page marked. There's a page he marked. like smiles at Truman, yeah. and they open it. <laughs> he does a lot more smiling in this than. He, he does a lot more almost like devious smile yeah. in this than than ever again. Mm-hmm. He's 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 definitely. He's got, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's he's, he's Cooper is uh, this Cooper is not completely like what he will become. It's like you got like the roots of it there, um, but yeah. So they open Flesh World, and it's interesting that that Laura would have a copy of Flesh World mm-hmm. with Ronette's page turned down in her safety deposit box. Like, yeah, why? But um, like if I die. 
this will go to Johnny Horn. Like, like I don't know what the purpose was behind that. But um, yeah. so then also, so we see Renette Pulaski in there, and then the camera pans over and we see it's Leo's truck. Leo's truck. Why? I don't know why. That's I don't know in why there. it's in there. I well, I guess actually because the pages in there. So first of all, it's called Swingers Coast to Coast, and so swingers are people. slingdingers too. Slingers on S- patrol. Yeah, slingdingers too. Yes, exactly. But uh. <laughs> And it's pictures of people, and if you read, if you pause it and read the text, um, it's basically someone like thirty-two male looking for like a loose, gotcha. like blonde girl. Like mm. it's it's basically people trying to hook up and taking pictures of it and putting it in a magazine. Um, and so, does Leo have Leo a, doesn't his put own a pic- entry? He does. He's uh, yeah, in the he's, picture. He, you see him standing yeah. in front of the truck. But like. A guy who has hair like focus. Leo, wouldn't he want to be like a close up? No, he wants the truck. Yeah, the truck the... is the only thing that's attracting women. At this yeah, point. it's true. Although, I mean, culturally, For... yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. culturally, what? I'm sorry, what? But um, why would you need anyone else when you have Shelly as I your know. wife? I mean, yeah. that's true. He doesn't know what he has. She is cheating. He on really him. does not know what he has, and you can't blame her. So she's also like involved with the two guys who like were the leading suspects. Right yeah. now, well, Leo's not even a suspect. She's right also now. one of the most gorgeous people to ever live. Yeah, she's so. she's very pretty. Um, so then we cut to Leo, um, from the truck picture to actually Leo at his place with Shelly. Shelly is watching the news unfold mm-hmm. like it's a soap opera, which it is. It's so the train that an- analogy doesn't really work that well, but it's interesting that she doesn't have like social circles because she's not in school anymore and so this is like her gossip this is like her thing to be into that's so sad that's true and then leo is like he knows what kind of cigarettes do you smoke Mm -hmm. and i mean you gotta give leo props for being organized and like like having good attention span but um and being just like you've organized this is a bad metaphor but you know when like it's kind of like how nothing gets past moms and moms will notice yeah. anything that you did. Like if like, I don't even, I can't even, you have like a candy wrapper that's only at a place that's like, you're not supposed to go. And they like find it when they wash your clothes. It's like, they will notice yeah. everything. So, so far very, yeah, she can't so, breathe in there. So, so far the, the good moms of twin peaks, we have, <clears throat> um, Leo Johnson, we have, um, Mrs. Briggs who gives Garland Briggs a, a shoulder massages. rub every morning in the yeah. kitchen. Then we have we Sarah Palmer, see, yeah, Sarah, who is very worried about one, her daughter yeah. and and careful and loving. Um, I would say then we have Leo Johnson and then Mrs. Horn because she doesn't want to well, deal with the issues. Uh, Leo is attacking the issues head on. We see Hayward, Mrs. Hayward. I don't know what not her yet. first name is, but yeah, we do. Do we do we? Eileen, I think it's Eileen Hayward. Oh, because yeah, this is uh, she hasn't gone out the window yet. No, yeah, yeah. you 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 are jumping the yeah, gun. You've got, also, this is a. For anyone that has watched the show and knows what Leo Johnson looks like, he looks like Ben Shapiro. And I <laughs> want to say that, yeah, and I'm going to say it again. <laughs> but particularly, it's funny because he has, like, bangs in this episode. Yeah. I don't think he has bangs. He has, like, a little yeah, little it, ramen noodle <laughs> coming down the yeah, front. Yeah, that's great. But he looks like Ben Shapiro, which makes his antics he even funnier. Is, um, he does a really great job of making me nervous. Yeah, he makes me very nervous. Gives you little butterflies. <laughs> he makes me my hands sweaty. And I don't know what to I say, know. and I think I'm gonna make a fool of myself. My thighs like this. Want to yeah. kiss him? Mm. And I just Why? wonder what he smells like. So, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he tells Shelly to keep the house clean. Does and he to say he's gonna like one kind of beat cigarette. the crap out of her or something? I can't remember what he says. If he doesn't say it, he definitely alludes to it with he his says something looks. Something like that. Yeah. He gives he gives her the the like I came to beat your a look in his and eyes. Chew bubble gum. Yeah, exactly. I'm all that's out what of I was. Ass. That's what I was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I came here to chew ass and kick bubble gum. <laughs> I'm all out of ass. <laughs> um, that's what I was trying to get to. So then we have Norma calling Ed. Ed's at the gas farm, and Norma is at the uh, the R and R, the double R diner. And Norma's like, "I need to see you." And Ed's like, "You're like, that's all right. Let's do it." And then I don't know why, but he's like, "Meet me at the roadhouse at 9:30." He just rips off James's note. Which yeah. told Dot to meet the rest at nine thirty. He's huh. like, I like you. I I'm assuming you wouldn't want to be there when other people you know are gonna be there. He might have been yeah. trying to do two birds one stone. And yeah, like ma- make and sure making sure that they're went. safe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's so crazy. That's another detail that you I didn't I, yeah. I wouldn't have noticed that. Hey, well, Julie Cruz is playing tonight at the Roadhouse at nine thirty. I, I got ticks. You yeah. want? I got I got booth seats. Let's go. <laughs> so um, then. Cooper and Truman are at the town hall meeting and they're talking about the snowshoe rabbit. And then they're basically a great exposition device is used to just talk about the people of Twin Peaks between Cooper and Truman. And Cooper is like, who's the babe? And he's like, that's the log lady. Who's the babe? And then um, <laughs> that's the log lady. <laughs> because you get the whole it, it. He tells us what we've been kind of like being privy to the whole episode, which is that first of all, there's a weird lady with a log. Actually, that's the last thing. So I'll go back and go in reverse order. That Josie Packard is the is what he, what Truman like like doesn't hold back the most beautiful woman like in this like I don't know what what, what like how he defines it, but he's like in this state. Yeah. And then she sits down. He explains the relationship between Josie and the Martells, which is interesting. Pete and Catherine are married. Catherine was is Josie's sister in law. Andrew Packard was. Catherine's. Killed on a fishing trip. Or he died in a boating accident, boating accident six yeah. months ago, mm. and that she and now Josie is the Owns heir the of the mill. Yeah, and then um, and that Catherine hates her for. It. And then we see Ben Horn come over, and Ben Horn is just like mosing up all of them, and basically he just uh, Truman says that uh, he's I can't remember what exactly what he says, but he's like he's like insincere with what he's doing anyway then the log oh, yeah. lady is introduced in a hilarious shot when she's her doing the light Looking thing that's light. so awesome it's so <laughs> funny it's so funny um and then the oldest man in the history of the universe Dwayne milford stands up and tries talking to them for like two seconds and then truman basically just like all right you're just gonna sit down and then cooper addresses the town meeting he is an incredible leader like yeah. really good at he does talking the, to he does people. the two hands on yeah, the he table does the like two hands, yeah. he, he doesn't do it in a way of like you small town people need to get a grip but more of like I'm going to treat this very seriously so that you guys know how serious this he is he does go into a little bit what I think would cause some hysterics he's like I have reason, we have reason to believe that the killer could be from Twin Peaks it could be someone you know and like it, he's maybe very, you sir yeah maybe, <laughs> maybe you did maybe it sir <laughs> maybe it's Doug Milford or <laughs> Dwayne Milford uh, so then a curfew is placed over the town. Um, also, Cooper says that the murder is likely related to Ronette, hmm. and then he alludes to someone else. He says, um, "He says the name." 
Does um, he say? Yeah. Um, uh, not Elizabeth Banks. Um, Teresa Banks. Teresa Banks. Yeah, he does. He's like, there was someone killed okay, yeah. in a different state that I can't remember. With he's like, for with details that I can't disclose for yeah. obvious reasons, we have reason to believe that the the murders are linked. Are yeah. It's smart of the writers Which to the keep those details like close to the vest. Yeah, and it's the first time that like the the uh, it's the first time that you understand why he's kind of been acting the way he's been acting. Yeah, Cooper's been acting the way he's been acting is because he knows that this is not just about this isolated thing. This is bigger than you can ever imagine. And the thing under the nail is a repeated detail of a yeah. separate crime with Teresa Banks. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember what else he says, but it, it kind of, I don't think he, which is kind of a dick move that he never said that to, yeah, to Sheriff to, Truman. To Sheriff to Truman. To be like, yeah, thanks, man. Like, it would have been helpful to have yeah. known that you're acting like a weirdo. He does that a couple times this episode. It's interesting. Um, although he does that, I think, I think he might do that for the series. It's it also just, shows that there's no quirk. real reason for him to be questioning people close to, like, well, there might be, but he's like but questioning like Laura Laura's... and people that she went to high school with. But if he's not doing that with Pula- with anyone related to Renat Pulaski. Well, he said that he, that's what he said. He said that she had no friends, no family. No one came oh, forward yeah, right. to claim the body. Yeah. She was a nobody. Yeah, weird. Well, not R- Renat Pulaski. Uh, what's the other lady that I'm Teresa thinking? Banks? Teresa Banks. Yeah. He says that about Teresa Banks. Ronette, I guess it's just her dad and her yeah. parents. I think, but Truman's yeah. like she wasn't homecoming queen. Um. <laughs> No, Laura Palmer. And then Cooper says something that would creep me out so much, where he's like, the murders happened at night, and we're going to yeah. set a curfew. Okay, yeah. Immediately sets a tone for the rest of the episode and for the show that's just like, whenever it's night, I so just true. get like, ugh, 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 like remind you, these crimes out. happened at night. And then yeah. isn't like the next scene after that just that... It's that the stoplight. Stop yeah, yeah, it's incredible. I, like, my I love that shot. just like turned after yeah. that, because it was just like, and we keep in mind that this happened at night, whatever. Yeah. And then, when Brad and I first watched this, we watched all of it at night. Like mm-hmm. we, whenever we'd watch it together, we'd watch it at night. And then I would have to just drive, home drive Brad home, and I drive by, <sighs> back by myself. And I'd just be like, no, "Oh no. my gosh, I am like horrified." Yeah. Um. And then I have to turn off all the lights in my house as I'm going to bed, and I'm like jumping into the other room. Um. Okay. Then yeah, my next note was the stoplight. It's fantastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then Doc Hayward. He makes a comment about the stoplights too. He's like, "Not yet." Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah I'm like he does. Cool. Where yellow still means slow down and not speed up. I love yeah. that line. Um, I share his affinity for small town America. I yeah. really, I'm like, whenever he talks about it, I'm like, yeah. Um, so <laughs> Doc Hayward's talking to his wife, Eileen. And that's Mary Jo Deschanel, right? That's yeah. That's Elizabeth, That's uh, Zoe's mom. Mom. Mother. Um, and what's her sister's name? Jim Carrey's mother-in-law in the Yes Man what oh i just think it's weird (laughs) okay so i know okay um so then he tells her rather loudly like so that everyone in the house can hear about the necklace they found and that that don is in the video and she he said that they wouldn't that donna would not tell the police who recorded the video video. and he says that the police suspect that whoever has the other half of the necklace because i I anticipate that i I anticipate the killer is the wrong word i would expect that if you're a minor and you're giving like a report like that, that that kind of information has to be disclosed to your parents. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally. 
That makes sense that he knows so much about the case. Yeah, because they'd have to be like, here's what your daughter said. Here's what we're yeah. asking her. Here's what we talked to her about. Although there is kind of a there's a feeling that Doc Hayward knows as much as any other police officer in the show. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a good guy. Also, Doc Hayward, fun fact, is Mark Frost. He's played by Mark Frost's dad. Huh. Mark Frost is a co-creator of Twin oh, Peaks with David yeah. Lynch. He's Warren Frost. Interesting. Uh, that's cool. Mark Frost's dad. I, I really like Doc Hayward. He's a yeah. great character. Um, So then... <laughs> Donna it goes and talks to her her sister Harriet, and I don't know why, but she's like really funny. Like yeah. mm-hmm. she has she has Anthony Michael Hall presence. She just and maybe Anthony Michael Hall looks. Yeah, it reminds me of um, yeah, just a character from a John Hughes movie. Yeah, just totally. Any character who's that redheaded lady who's Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, I she's really funny writing that poem, and she Donna is like. They're talking about sneaking out, and the last thing that Donna says before she leaves is, "Don't forget to brush your teeth." Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't put. I don't know air why. In the tire, and she's like, "Fine." Oh yeah, yeah. So you brush your teeth. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and then, Anyways. and then, <laughs> as soon as Donna leaves, <laughs> Snake shows up. Yeah, Snake. So Snake shows up with Bobby. As soon as they park, first of all, Mike Snake. Throws a beer can, and so does Bobby. Like, like they both spike throw it at like the, the ground as soon as the car stops. <laughs> they get out of the car. Bobby jumps immediately on the hood and starts surfing. And he oh, says no to reason. Snake, while he, Mike is walking up to the uh, the door, "Don't take, t- don't take any oink oink off that pretty pig." <laughs> I don't know what that, that means. And then and then Mike says, "Oh, don't you worry about it." It's so like, he understood what it meant. This whole next scene is utterly ridiculous it is so first of all he goes up to the door and he's asking about where donna is and doc hayward's like you better not be drinking tonight mike does not address the question he says oh well we're all pretty you know broken broken up about what happened today that's not an answer to what he said (laughs) yeah and then and then he's like and don't worry bobby's driving yeah bobby is the the one who is Surfing with yeah. the with the beer can yeah. in hand, um, and then they're talking about they're talking to her dad or no I I think um, the Doc Hayward goes upstairs talks to Harriet, Harriet immediately gives Has up where, what happened to Donna yeah and Doc Hayward's like later walks back downstairs and tells Mike like we don't know where she is, and um, is there. He he. What were you gonna say? Well, just is there more? Like, do we figure out more about Harriet? Like, like, like are as a we, character? Yeah. Because like, why did she do that? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if we can answer that. Okay. What, do you want he, us to answer? No, that? no, no. Oh, okay. No. But well, actually, you know what? We'll have a segment every week. Just we'll we'll talk. What happened with Harriet this week? I have too many questions. So, no, that's good. That's what the the episode did its purpose on. So, Doc Hayward's like, okay, if you find her. Um, like, let me know where she is. And Mike's response is, oh, we'll find her. Don't you worry about that. Giving off an impression of, like, gonna I'm going to beat the yeah. crap out of your daughter. That's yeah. terrifying. And he just, like. Why? And, then, yeah, Doc Hayward's just kind of like, sick, sick. oh, man. Like, yeah. that is bizarre to just let, like, some guy just be like, oh, I'm going to find your daughter. All not right. everyone's an Ed. No, not everyone's an Ed. So, oh, I'm not your friend, Ed. Yeah. Um. And then we cut to the roadhouse. 
this scene is where like everything ties together for me. It's like I start feeling like that. Oh yes, this is this is what all Twin Peaks is all about because all of the threads from the episodes start tying together. So Julie Cruz is performing at the Roadhouse um, for a very polite biker audience, um, and Norman and Ed are flirting and talking about their future together. Norma is tells him that she's gonna she divorce. Loves him. Yeah, yeah, she's gonna. Yeah, leave him. she's and like I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you, and then Ed's like. You have a husband named Hank, yeah. and when it, your sweetheart revealed to us that he's in prison, when your sweetheart sweetheart's husband is on parole, that's not an easy position to be in. Exactly. Yeah, like that's that. a great line. P- parole for manslaughter, he says. Yeah. So we learn that Norma's married to a man named Hank, who's in prison, um, and that these two are star-crossed yeah, yeah. lovers. And then, um, yeah, basically, there's a there's a line that the camera cuts to with Julie Cruz where she says, where she's singing, are we falling in love? Mm-hmm. And the song she's singing is falling, which is actually the theme song of Twin Peaks. Just the th- theme song of Twin Peaks is falling by Julie Cruz without the vocals, mm-hmm. which is produced by Angela Badalamente, who does this, the score for Twin Peaks and David Lynch. They did a, an album with her in like 87. Cool. He produced the album. And then when they made Twin Peaks, he was like, all oh, this music would be perfect for this. Mm-hmm. And then they just so used cool. all of it. Yeah. That's really cool. So, Julie Cruz, Cruz's voice, I love her I voice. Love that was part. great. Yeah, I, they basically like, yeah, it's, it's just a really cool scene. I love the Roadhouse. So, then we get Cooper, and Truman in the car, and we get the line: "A town where a yellow light still means slow down instead of speed up." Are and they parked outside the Roadhouse at this? They're point? parked outside the Roadhouse, and Cooper's whittling a whistle, hmm. um, <laughs> which could be seen as pretentious, but I'm here for it. I'm cool with it because it works. Bobby and Mike show up, and then they they get in the the roadhouse. They sit down at the bar, and then two bikers notice them, and they exchange dialogue that makes no sense to me. They say like, "Hey, it looks like Mutt and Jeff are here." I don't yeah. get that pop. I don't get that cultural reference at all, mm-hmm. and I don't get why these guys are like on the lookout for those two. Except maybe yeah. if they're set up by James, because mm-hmm. James also rides a hog i would have said it's because they're not wearing leather jackets but yeah he is wearing a leather jacket he is and he's in that scene he keeps playing with the zipper on the side yeah. which i love that detail yeah. the best. um so then donna shows up at the roadhouse donna and donna <laughs> mike immediately nice <laughs> jason <laughs> jason nice so Mike e- Donna jumps at the chance and just starts like throwing Donna around. Yeah. And then a fight breaks out. Ed gets in the mix. So Ed, how how, says, how old do we think Mike, Ed is? Is, is Nice. Nice, <laughs> 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 Jason. Anyway. So how how old do we think Mike is? Donna. I don't know. Or uh, well, how old do we think? Uh, I mean, Ed. Did I say Ed? Ed? Or did I say Mike? You said, you said Ed. Mike. I, said, I meant Ed. Ed is like pushing. 40? He, yeah, he's late 40s. I could say he could be 50 possibly. I oh, jeez. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I have no 40. idea. He's pretty ambiguous. Ambiguous. Do you think he's younger or older than, than 40? I think he might be younger. It's not the price really? is right. Yeah. So. I Okay. <laughs> I honestly do think it's around 40 though as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, he's either 40 or 80. Yeah. Somewhere between their own. So Ed old. Get, Ed gets in the yeah, but uh, young yeah, enough to on kick his, your ass. On his license, uh, on his license, it just says old. So and then <laughs> like demeanor, handsome. So 
Ed gets in the mix, and Bobby handles Ed. Yeah. He just like he 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 Punches just like back. yeah he like throws him down. It's incredible. That fight sequence is actually really great. Yeah. I just w- wish we had a little I bit love closer the, camera coverage. They keep playing yeah. the music. It doesn't. Julie stop. Cruz is like, yeah. this happens. That's what you get when you perform yeah. in the Roadhouse. Yeah, exactly. And then everyone gets in on the fight. All the bikers. Yeah. They all start throwing Mike. down, and they they really give it to Mike. Snake mm-hmm. gets beat. Mm-hmm. And okay. you're actually right. It actually is. Like a pretty good fight scene. It's it's really good. like a lot of it's really convincing. Yeah, it's a lot of very, it is really convincing. It's not very Power Rangersy. It's, yeah. yeah. What if it was? How great would that be? So yeah. then I was like, nah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then uh, I'm ruining. One this. of yeah. the bikers sneaks Donna out. He's like, I'll get you to James. This Napoleon Dynamite looking fool. Yeah, yeah. It, seriously though. Yeah. And so that does that. It, I I'm what that gives me the impression of is that James, James is a. F- is, is, a, is a fellow, like, biker of the gang roadhouse. person. Yeah. Yeah. So and maybe the they didn't know They didn't know who Jay was. That's what it sounds like in their conversation in the police station is they didn't know. No, they didn't. Well, and because so when they go outside, they're like, oh, that's Joey. And he's like, and whoever is going to be dead. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about, oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Truman and Cooper. No, I'm talking about. Um, no, yeah. Yeah. Bobby and Mike, their conversation at the police station Makes yes. it sound like they don't. They might not know who it is, but I can't. That makes sense. 100% that, tell. that checks out. People keep texting me. I'm that's sorry. okay. That's the first time. That's I'm happened. going to ignore it. But yeah. um, then they sneak out, and Cooper and Truman are like, Truman's like, oh, that's Joey something. That's a J. Yeah. And Cooper's immediately like, probably not him. Yeah. <laughs> and then so they follow suit. No one would do this for a man with curly hair. So then we cut back. Ed's still getting. The crap beat out of him, and then there is a there's a cutaway shot that. Uh, do you want? No, something? another favorite line of this episode is he's like, "Let me guess, you want me to follow them at a discreet distance?" And he's like, "Sheriff, you're all right." That's yeah. What he says, and it's like, "It's you guys are buds. I love that. Yeah, they're they're starting to fall in love. Except for I this think that's what part he says. That I'm about you're to... all right, or something like that. I don't remember. He did, no, exactly he he does say that. Yeah. I think he does. And then they cut back, and Truman says, "Do you think they spotted us?" And Cooper's response is. Give me a donut. Yeah, and then we cut away. I need a donut. Yeah. What does that mean? I need a donut. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't answer the question. Okay. Anyway, he's not a. He's not helping at all. So, Cooper and Truman lose Donna, but Truman starts alluding to the fact that Donna's gonna die because, I because they're like, oh, they're probably down on that road. How do we get there? Five miles back at the mill is how you get to the road where they think she is. Mm-hmm. And he's freaking out because he's like, this is kind of like where I told Laura Doc Paul, Hayward that his daughter that was all right. All right. Yeah. yeah. And then Cooper's like, if it's anyone's fault, it's mine. So then Joey drops Donna off to James. Um, I just think it's so interesting that people are serving James. Anyway. Um, yeah. So then James starts telling Donna about what Laura. happened the night that Laura died? Yeah, and how Laura apparently had a ton of secrets that Donna didn't know about. Yeah, and, and she's then, like, "I knew her better than she thought I did." Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, that's all. Because she starts opening up. He said that she hadn't been herself, and then she says, uh, "You can keep going." But yeah, no. Well, it, it he because uh, there are a couple of things that we really want to take note of what he says, and then mm-hmm. he says that it's probably yeah some of the more important dialogue. He's because there. Here's some very interesting. A lot of stuff is going to come from what James is saying here. Yeah. First thing, he says that she said that Bobby killed a guy. Killed a guy. Yeah. That's like let's not forget that. Let's go ahead and put that in a note of like that's very important. Um. 
And then this he, might be my favorite scene in the episode. It's great. My, it's really I it's love really the lighting. Good. Yeah. Also, it gets they're, a little they're bit, both really like, great. I changed my mind and like I'm a little bit. Sorry. I'm not sorry. Those are sirens. <laughs> they're gonna shoot us now. Ew. Like it's, they're spending a really long time just like being like, ah, I think the police are coming. It's oh, like no, you're getting arrested. She's like still kissing his. It's neck like and the bizarro version of and it's a wonderful life where they're on the phone with yeah. Sam Wainwright. I don't want any plastics. Yeah, and I don't want to be married to anybody except for. I want to do what I want to do. It, 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 instead, it's here. The inverse it's, of that. I'm sorry. I changed my mind. I'm not sorry. <laughs> so, um, then James says, "Doesn't does he say that it makes sense that she died?" He He's like, like says he said it that. almost said that he says that it's like I knew that this was it makes sense that this was going to happen yeah. to her. And then he says that she said a lot of weird kooky stuff like she yeah. doesn't really she really wasn't really making sense what she was saying. Uh, I'm actually going to read my notes verbatim. He could hardly keep her on the bike when mm-hmm. they're on on his oh, motorcycle. Yeah. She grabbed him and screamed that she loved him. She was really sad. He says He said that for a second you look she, into seemed her like eyes, she seemed Laura. like the old Laura and yeah. that she was sad, which yeah. is that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then she ran off. Yeah. And then that's the last he saw her. Wow. Fascinating. And he's like, and I, cool. it, like also, I was with her. And he's like, I was is. with her and then she died. Like, yeah. I, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Actually, J- James's sorrow makes sense in mm-hmm. that regard. So then Don and James, Mac. For presuming it sounds like the first time because she. Because she's like really happy that about it. Happened. it. Yeah. Because she's like, she's saying with her mouth how happy she is yeah she's making and she said that she was laura's best friend so she's been around the two of them for a while for a while um (laughs) i'm sorry i changed my mind i'm not sorry let's have a picnic (laughs) so then during this entire scene Laura's theme, which I'm playing right now, played twice. Yeah, it swells. They, it, they literally like play it to the end, and then there's like play it again, Angelo. She said, That's "Bobby so cool. killed a guy, killed this guy." She wasn't making sense. She grabbed me, and she was almost choking me. She I love you, James. Loved <laughs> <laughs> um, Bobby killed a guy. I'm sorry. Those are sirens. I changed my mind. There's all this, and then there's them kissing and her moaning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> we watched it with subtitles uh. because some of us are too <laughs> stupid to listen. And the subtitle said Donna moaning. Moaning. Twice. It said it twice. To, to clarify that right, those are not just, James's yeah. moans. <laughs> we, we won't listen with subtitles next time. Okay, buddy? All right. I will. So. F with subtitles. Um, Do you say Brad F does. With- F with subtitles. Oh, I F with subtitles. I don't. I totally F with subtitles. Subtitles. Brad literally refers to subtitles as the cleavage of film. They're aggressive cleavage and or like, but that makes it sound like it's a good thing. It's it's just, no, it's like a big nasty wart on your neck and it's the only thing that I'm going to look at and you need to get rid of it so that I can see what's happening But that's doesn't that's not the same because warts don't help. I find help. myself you... not paying attention to the performances and not looking at what's on the oh, screen I don't and just the reading same. the whole I time. The if I wanted to do that, I'd read a GD book. My eyes are just... I'm built different. <laughs> Keep going. No, well... If I wanted subtitles, the director would have added subtitles to the original film! Which, actually, we'll see later in this franchise. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> nice... Stop. Jason. Okay, so Donna. Um, <laughs> Donna. Donna. So um. <laughs> <It's> too good. 
Because <laughs> I can't. It sounds like a video game like character selection. Donna. Yeah, it does. Choose your character. Donna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Cooper and Sherman pull them over immediately. Who do they pull over? Uh, they pull over uh, James and Donna. Donna! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in this exchange, it's where Donna's like, he didn't do anything. And then even Cooper's like, yeah, he probably didn't. Probably and, right. And Trooper's like, <laughs> like or, Truman's like, okay, all right. I'm trying my best here. Backseat driver. Not you. Yeah, okay, I'm on the FBI. <laughs> I have Andy on my staff, okay? I, I can only get so I much done. Andy. Okay, Um, they take James in, and they <laughs> tell Doc Hayward that they want Donna back in the morning for more questioning. And then Truman tells Lucy to get an arrest form for James. Mm-hmm. And they put James in. Actually, this is not all that happens. Because right when they're taking James away, Donna steps forward and goes, James. And then he turns around. And gives. Gives the full the forehead. F- the full. The, like, <laughs> the, full the full. Zoolander blue steel. Yeah. And he does this. Not he quite, says. Though. The turn. He's like. He says. Don't worry. Wait, is he, he says like, "Don't worry, right?" Or I'll be all right. And yeah. Like, he yeah. does this like, like really ridiculous grin as he's being pulled away. He, it was, it was, it's a rough moment, and I, I don't know why they didn't have reactions from like everyone else standing there, just be like, "What is, going, what is yeah. that?" Um, Laura Flynn Boyle, Boyle looks great at that point. Yeah, she does. Laura Flynn Boyle is great. So then, um, Hi. Mike and Bobby are in the jail when they bring James in, and my, and Bobby just says. When you least expect it. No, 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 before that, that, he goes, you. (laughs) (laughs) And they take James. And so then, are they assuming that he's the J? Yeah, when they're passing each other. Are they assuming that he's the J? Because he went to jail? Those two? Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. And that's why all that barking. Oh, just, well, we're getting to the barking. (laughs) So then, Mike and Bobby are in the jail. And then in the parking lot, Doc Hayward and Don are having a heart-to-heart. And Doc Hayward... Is a really cool dad in this moment, and he shouldn't be. It seems like he is not yeah. concerned about his daughter's well-being. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe he's playing the long con here. Maybe sure. he's just playing some seeds. I just feel like he was a lot harder on Harriet earlier. Yeah. Is it later and walked away? And Donna's literally the one who's like, she's like, I'm sorry, breaking Harry. curfew, and he's like, and he's like, well, let's go get can't that. Can't say bike. no to that face. You want to get some ice cream? <laughs> so we have the thread about yeah, Harriet's so bike set up. Yeah. That like pissed me like, off. Listen, you little shit. Wait, what did she say? Nothing. No, he just oh, okay. is very nice to her, which he doesn't yeah. seem like he should be at that moment. The lighting in that scene is really pretty, though. It is a good scene. I really like that lighting. Um, so then Cooper and Truman walk into the, the sheriff's office conference room, and all those donuts are laid out. And mm-hmm. every single time I watch that scene, I get hungry. I it. looks it. so good. It's because it's and so he organized. Doesn't finish the door- he doesn't finish the donut. Yeah, what the That's heck? Piss me yeah. right off. So Cooper... Do they interrogate James at any point in this episode? No, they don't. Gotcha. But Cooper turns to Sherman. He says, I need a recommendation for a hotel. Sherman says, I can get you a good rate at the Great Northern. Cooper lists off a long list of details he wants for the hotel, and then Sherman goes, I can get you a good rate at the Great Northern. So do you, do we think that Truman said his line too early? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> when I watch it, I can't, I can't tell. That's funny. I, I can't tell if he did. He, he's like a... But he's it saying what so I, he's well. like, all I need is a phone, a bathroom, a bed, and a, maybe a television for if I get to call a night off early. And he's like, yeah. like I said, I can get you a good rate at the Great Northern. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have told you that if it didn't have a he TV. It almost seems like he's sick of him at this yeah. point. Like, I, this has been a long day. <laughs> um, so then it goes it might back. might not be him. It goes back to the uh, jail, and Bobby says, when you, when you least, least expect, expect it. it. 
Now, what happens after he says that? Um, Kenna, do you want to tell us what happens after he says that? Do you remember? Uh, uh, I don't. I don't. Think you can't bark like that. That's the barking. Is when they so they barking. start barking oh. at 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 James and James. There's a bed behind him. I don't know why he's still standing. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's still doing that, like that, that, that <laughs> smolder towards him. And there's like a part. Kids do. There's a part where Jane or Bobby's screaming. Another scream at a completely different pitch comes in to the audio track, and then leaves, and then it's really it's like low, a, and it's like a yeah, like yeah, when like, it goes back in. The way he fades it off is so it's funny. so yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like surprised that he just like had the power to like make that noise. <laughs> he like shocked himself. Oh, I remember when I watched the pilot for the first time and I saw that. I was like, okay, this is sick. Yeah. This is gonna be great. Um, so then we cut to Truman going and seeing Josie. So it's revealed to us that Truman and Josie are um seeing each other romantically, mm. yes. and Josie seems worried about the whole. Thing she's scared about living in Twin Peaks and Truman's is like she's like I'm frightened. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like I'm the there 24 sheriff. hours ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, actually, pretty good scene. Really, well, really, really, really pretty scene. Yeah, one of the first things that I noticed when I first watched this was just like everyone is sleeping with everybody. Yeah, no, and cheating absolutely. and lying and yep. Truman, to his credit, yes. Yeah, he is dating someone who's unmarried, and she's that's fine. You yeah. Know? Like, they're not telling anybody about it. They're having, like, a pretty secret. He kind of pretends like he doesn't really know her. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, everybody else is sleeping with these people that they do know. Who's the babe? And cheating. And, yeah, he's, he's like, the only one that should be allowed to be openly dating this person. And yeah, it's not. weird. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's because pa- Andrew Packard just died. Yeah. That probably plays into he it. could be also a racist. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> let's let's uh, not let's not cross we'll out that, that out. option. Um, so then, <laughs> so then uh, we Write cut to inside. Catherine is watching them. Yeah, which is creepy, and she's on the phone with someone. She says that she sees Truman with her. Yeah, and then she hangs up the phone. Uh huh. And then it's cut to Ben Horn. Bo- ben Horn. That she was on the phone with Ben Horn. It's really awesome that. The, this pilot introduces a lot of these threads and then at the end they start to cross them yeah and like mm-hmm. and complicate things so um I, yeah it sounds like we're right by the waterfall of the great northern right now oh my so gosh. uh then so we cut to Sarah Palmer laying on her bed and she's having a troublesome dream and she sits up and she's seeing someone walk through the forest and oh yeah they and it's the person and it's someone with these black gloves on and they pull up the rock and they grab the the the, 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 the necklace. necklace yeah and then she Sarah screams Palmer like bloody murder and screams like in a terrifying way and then it that's the end of the episode yeah okay so Woo. we're gonna first thing we're gonna do actually let's just talk about the episode as a, as a whole Kenna what were your thoughts on the episode I entirely love it was overwhelming. Yeah, for it's overwhelming sure. in a lot of ways. It's an hour and a half. It's a lot. Uh, not even just the length. I, the it actually went by a little bit faster than that for me. Interesting. But, okay. But um, I was overwhelmed with all of the characters. There's yeah. so many characters, no, I, and they're all like, they're all really complex and mysterious to me. Yeah, they're they're really good I didn't characters. Yeah, there were certain characters like Ben Horn. I did not. 
this is funny, but we were calling him Green Goblin for a really long time. <laughs> it took me a really long time to figure out who to remember, like who he was and stuff. And yeah, I didn't really get like characters' names, let alone like know who they were. But for yeah. a really at long the time. same time, they have such unique personalities and such a unique role that it is kind of easier to remember a lot of them. Hmm. Yeah, but I. Uh, it will be. It's some, some things are difficult. Were difficult for me when I first watched it. Mike and Bobby. We're basically like the same character yeah. for a bit, and then um, I it Big Ed is not a huge presence in this episode, mm-hmm. so it's no. easy to forget about him. He's just the sex Nadine appeal. isn't mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Nadine is in two cutaway shots, so it's like you don't know anything about her. Norma is kind of the same way. Catherine's barely in it. Yeah, they're in in and out. Yeah, really yeah. quickly. Leo. Yeah. Um, Everything is pieced together so well in that episode, though. Yeah, it's that's it's why so seamless. I think that the main characters of this are Bobby, James, Donna, and Coop. Coop, yeah. Not even Sheriff Truman. He doesn't really. Here's the he's thing about there. Sheriff Truman. He's he's he not, big in the first. He's not half, used but yeah. as a character. He's used as the authority figure. But yeah. Actually, the first character moment he has is at the is end. Josie. Josie. Yep. Yeah. That's the first and thing. And Leland is. In the first half, and then he's out. He's and not Sarah's in it the same. ever again. Sarah, you yeah. only see her again Leland, right at the end. It, it, I, I, yeah, I just really love Ray Wise in this episode. He yeah. is so good. Well, I think that, everyone yeah. is so good in this. Yeah, there's no, are. there's no weak spot for me. There's yeah. not. Maybe Doctor Jacoby. So, um, we're gonna go. We're gonna transition real quick, and we're gonna go to the red room, which is where on our podcast we talk about the supernatural forces in Twin Peaks, especially in this episode. Anything Some light strange. flickering. Yeah. You go first. What What did you notice that maybe it was odd? I noticed. Donna! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. The light flickering, weird. Um. I can't get that fade out to work. I know, that fade's not working for me. We'll have it figured out by the next episode. So, were you saying something about? No. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get started off. I, I have two things I wanted to note about the supernatural forces in this episode. The first thing is the stairwell fan. Mm-hmm. That's purposeful and it's weird and it's unsettling. The second thing is the electricity in the autopsy room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those are the only two supernatural. Well, ow! What the heck? No, Sarah Palmer at the end. Yeah. That's the big one. Seeing. Seeing. Yeah. She has a vision of someone picking up the necklace, the half of the necklace. Oh, that's wait, the first. I didn't realize that that was just her. That was her. That was vision. her seeing like, a vision. Oh, okay. Or like a dream I didn't or something. That. Yeah, yeah. That was her oh, seeing I, I that happen. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's really that's really it. That's for the me. big one. But those other ones are things where it's like, okay, this Kinda is being weird. shown on purpose. What is yeah. this? Um, I guess we can't really say what we think about that yet because we. But I like that we're bringing it, it to the table. Yeah. We're we're talking about it. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Okay, so the, well, we, and I we think that until that. these some of these things too, if it's not supernatural, it's just kind of like, like kind of spooky, like hmm, like Ronette's mutterings and stuff were yeah, spooky and kind of unexplained. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's about it for me. Okay, so then we have two segments we do at the end of our episodes. The first one is we're gonna all name our favorite scene from the episode. Mm. I. We'll go first, if that's okay with you guys. Sure. And then next week we'll have Brad go. F- Actually, we'll have Kenna go first next week, and then the week after we'll have Brad, and we'll go in rotation. But 
It's basically like a draft. So I get to pick whichever one, and then you guys have to pick a different one. Okay. okay. Is that okay? Yep. yep. So you guys agreed I'm like, so quickly. Well, it's because there's yep. some. There's a few I yep. have in mind. Already, yeah, so. I have a few Bop. that I have in mind. So actually, my favorite scene from the episode. Okay, I'm going to pick this one just because it's the one that I liked watching the most. No, I see, this is hard to do. Okay, I'm going to pick Cooper in the autopsy room with Truman and yeah, the flickering the lights. Fingernail that's, and everything. That's the that's the big that's like the scene I think of with this episode. Mm-hmm. Also, it's the one that plays on Netflix whenever you hover yeah. over that. It it's the first it thing you see clip. and you're like, "What is yeah, this?" Yeah, that was what I that was the first thing I saw and it got me hooked and, and you're like, "Oh, this show." Yeah. So that's my favorite scene. Dude, um, I am having a hard yours? time thinking of what my favorite one is. Um do you want Brad to go first? Yeah, Brad, go first. Let me just think for a sec. Uh, I almost, I want to say just the finding Laura's body on the beach because it's so yeah. important mm-hmm. and it's the only time that it happens. But Are you talking about like with The uh, very first Pete? time. Just like, and with the music swelling. Yeah. So that's when the, yeah. the police have shown up. But Laura I'm not going to say Palmer. that. I'm going to say, I think that Sarah Palmer screaming that just yeah. part of her doing that. I know the whole scene is her phone call with Leland, but like that part of her screaming was just so unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Yeah. And got me like, I don't want to say got me through the rest of the episode, but like I knew I was going yeah. to finish that right then and there. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah that's, it's pretty incredible. All right, Kenna. I don't know why I really like the roadhouse. Okay. Uh, that was going to be my pick. It, Cause it's everything getting tied together. For you, me. you said too that, um, the music and everything and just like the look of it was unlike anything you'd seen before. Yeah. Yes, I loved I loved the song. I loved <laughs> the song, song is great. and I loved um just how it looked. Yeah. It's it really pretty with, the, with her singing. It's that really having her up there performing Falling and the Nightingale, it just it's it's like, oh, here's the bow on the present mm-hmm. of like the whole show. Yeah. This is what it's basically like when they're selling it to ABC, I feel like that scene's like, this is what the show's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Brad, you were, that... Like you were going to say something. Well, no. I'm just calling you out. Like, that's when the subtitles really came in handy. Mm. Because I would not Can't have really, listened... Yeah. I would not have listened to what she was singing. And when yeah. I listened, I was like... Yeah. There's, there are going to be a lot of other times in this show where we're going to talk about lyrics of songs and how, yeah, what they cool. mean. Um, <clears throat> okay. Now we're going to go to our... Final deciding. Oh wait, I also really like oh. when they find the uh, the fire. Um, fire walk with oof. me. The train when, car scene. Yeah, yes, that's great. That it's really short, but it's really, really great. Cool. It's that would be like a cool part of a haunted house. Like it would a train be. Car. It that would, would be, be great. Um. Anyways. Now we're gonna go to our last segment that we where we make decisions and we're going to decide who won the episode. So, to explain what this is, each of us can pick either a cast member, a crew member. Or a character who won the episode. So you could either say Kyle McLaughlin won the episode, which would be saying that his performance was great, or you could say that Agent Cooper won the episode because oh, his character did great things. Or you could say like Big Ed won it, or like anything like that. Or you could say David Lynch won it, or Mark Frost. I am going to say that for me, and we can all pick the same person if we want to. I think. I would maybe say Kyle McLaughlin, but I think it's actually David Lynch. Hmm. Like, it really is. To pull mm-hmm. all that off in yeah. such a short amount of time. That's true. Yeah, to do that, which is the and, pilot. And if it hadn't happened in that first episode, it wouldn't have happened. You know? No. Like, if it hadn't worked. Most pilot episodes of TV shows, I 
are really, really don't like. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know what they are yet. And Twin Peaks knows what it is yeah. immediately. Yeah. Um, and it's also just like it has that those cool stuff like the fan and the lights and the music Sarah and at the end and like the lighting on James and Donna yeah, when they're in the woods. Yeah, a lot of things that change. It- between i'm not trying to interrupt you but no, a lot yeah. of things that change between pilots and like future episodes as the budget goes up yep and so the lighting changes the music yep. changes yep. it feels very different it's shot in a different way and this is in some ways it at its it stays at its best but yeah it, it does that in the first episode totally which is cool all right brad who won the episode um for you? i kind of said this earlier but i think bobby won the episode yeah because yeah. he is on it and he's funny and like He's the only one that is having to, like, I guess, like, go against the grain and deal with all these different things. And he's just so entertaining. And his sort of... Now, yeah, are, are just you talking watching about Bobby, or are you talking about Dana Ashbrook? I am just saying Bobby okay. in general. Kind which of both. Is, is his character and everything. So I, But, like, Bobby, the way that he's written, and also the way he's performed. So I'll just say both. But, like, um, he is probably interacting with the most people yeah. in this and like is one of the people i think that he might have some of the most screen time in this episode except maybe donna and james but yeah like i just i just love him in this and some of his best moments i think are in this first episode i agree he's he uh he has to do a lot in this episode yeah upon inspection which was just going through it well he's running his it, own like, investigation oh gosh, you know like yeah, he's he trying is. to stay ahead of the cops yeah. and like trying to like jay yeah, and he's a punk, but Which, I wait, just love it. By the way, is he finding Jay, the biker Jay, because he thinks he killed Laura or because he was with who was dating Laura? Because he was the one that was in Laura's diary. Because yeah. Coop <clears throat> brings up that she was seeing somebody yeah, else, yeah, yeah. and he okay. gets he's like, I loved her. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. interesting. Okay, Kenna, who won the episode for you? Uh, two things. Uh, I'd have to agree about the David Lynch thing because he set a tone that was kind of like an internal just like war in me yeah because i was like i love how everything's getting answered for me right now but then like by the end i'm just like nothing is answered i don't know anything that's going on yeah and so it kind of like brings you at war with yourself and he did really good setting that tone um in the back of my mind is also sarah i don't know why i just like she like left me heartbroken mm, yeah in, in just a few minutes and just and it was i don't know when i first saw it i don't know she she embodies that episode i think really she's well. incredible yeah and this and some of her best stuff is in the first episode too and yeah. she's not even like a prominent character in this episode necessarily she, no she's in the background and she's, the, she's out, so good she's the, the sedator if you were to yeah. take like <laughs> so if you were to take like all the emotions that are experienced she is the apex by yeah, far she she's yes. the one that's experiencing she's the most the extreme and if yeah. you're gonna like have some kind of empathy for someone losing someone that you don't know because none yeah. of us have seen laura palmer at all we don't know who she is sarah is the one it's that takes it her. to the top you're like you can totally. tell totally that this is hurting yeah which is crazy um it's incredible stuff it's really good really cool i love this show and i love what um is set up in this episode yeah it's the only it's the only pilot that i revisit of any show any show, I don't watch the pilot. It's like I, hmm. I don't like them. Yeah, I, I mean, well, I watched not... them when I first watched them, but I don't rewatch them. I don't know of any show that has a mystery that remains yeah. the whole time. Yeah, you know, and so 
it doesn't like you don't need to watch the first episode of like CSI, the first episode of like Psych, yeah. or the first episode yeah. of whatever because it's not connected to, you know, uh, most else. of the episodes yeah. are just they're, it's just introducing characters, their own thing. Yeah, but like this, it introduces threads, plot yeah. threads that are that literally like you'd be so lost with everything that's talked about between any of the characters is it's like significant. is so significant for everything else for the yeah. rest of the show. I know. Um, I mean, they really. You could have seen that they would have written themselves into a corner, especially with James saying she said Bobby killed a guy. That's huge. Mm-hmm. They have to reckon with that for the rest of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. That's so true. Let's. I'm. We're gonna. We're gonna play the Log Lady intro for next week's episode Woo! to get us get get a little little taste for what's gonna be. So we're not gonna watch. We can't see her perform this, but make sure you're listening. I carry a log. Yes. Is it funny to you? It is not to me. Behind all things are reasons. Reasons can even explain the absurd. Do we have the time to learn the reasons behind the human being's varied behavior? I think not. Some take the time. Are they called detectives? Watch and see what life teaches. Oh my god. That's incredible. That is so cool. Ah. That was really cool. I I was just the, my first thought was for Kenna especially but like you're watching with Twin Peaks you're watching David Lynch have fun. Yep. Watching him be serious is yeah. horrifying. It's, like everything it's that rough. he's done where he's not this isn't fun. I'm not having fun with you now. Like I, this is like where in like some a of girl his other screaming movies, through a courtyard. Yeah. Well, it, yes, and like with like the Lost Highway or like Rabbits or Mulholland Drive or like any of his other stuff that yeah. is like you're not. We're not here to like. This isn't gonna be really light. No. And yeah. Twin Peaks and especially a lot of this is like humorous and warm and beautiful and it's some of his most like optimistic work. Yeah. I think is definitely. in this show, but some of his other, yeah, it's just and you can catch hints of how serious especially yeah. like the, i think the return is like the peak of oh my gosh how serious it gets well but. yeah 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 um <clears throat> i'm so excited to go I'm on this journey with you guys excited. and with you listeners we uh all right this is where we're gonna plug all of our stuff we have an instagram account three fish and a percolator um if that's not actually how it's spelled i'll make sure to remind you guys next week of what it is we also have I a, doubt that's in, taken we have i yeah i really doubt it's taken we also have in uh, gmail Three, the number three, fish in a percolator podcast at gmail.com. If you guys have any questions about anything we said or thoughts on the episode, email us. We'll also probably have some questions for listeners. Yeah, how we us. how we could do this better, how we can make it more fun. Yeah, if you guys want if you guys want to add anything or um, support us in any way. Um but yeah, you guys can catch us uh, next Saturday. We'll have another episode dropping for episode two. And by the way, we're going to be doing this every week. So we'll have another episode every week with which each epi- subsequent episode of Twin Peaks. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here today, guys. Anything you want to add, Ken or Brad? Donna! <laughs> I'm really excited for Ken to see the last, like, well, like better and better. The show continues to get better. Yeah. I, I mean, I like the pilot, but it really picks up afterwards. Like, yeah. Because once they get, like, 
ordered for seven more episodes, it's just like, well, and they're 40 That's minutes. So cool. Yeah. And that was an hour and a half. Yeah. It, it's not going to take as long to like go through no. everything. Mm-mm. It's not as ex- much exposition. No. Yeah. I'm glad this first one was that long though. Yeah, me too. Cool. I, yeah, this, and we were saying with season two, because it does linger a little bit, like meander a little bit. It's just, I just love being here. I just yeah. love being in this. Well, and we were talking about how we, we want yeah. to, like, yeah. get through. We're, like, we're a little bit sad because we'll literally finish this podcast next February. Like, yeah. I've already done all the math. I've scheduled them all out, all the episodes. We'll literally finish next February. But it's like, I want to stay as long as, I want to stay in here as long as I can. Yeah. 